What is going on? Welcome to episode 74 of The Kraken Pod, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey and hockey fans looking to have fun along with you. We try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle Kraken and the NHL. Joey, what are we going to talk about this episode? I don't, I've got nothing. I don't know. That's barely been going on. <sighs> Gosh. <laughs> We have made it to the second <laughs> round, eliminated the Stanley Cup champions. Holy smokes, the first ever playoff win in a series for your Seattle Kraken. We will discuss Game 7. Wow. Grubauer. Wow. Holy smokes. Dallas Stars. Who? I don't know who they are, but we'll discover that. We're going to talk to another podcast. Uh, by the way, sorry, Avs podcast, guys. Tells it, tell it, Avs, it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll talk to... Starcastic Remarks, a Dallas Stars podcast with Ryan and Chris. Joey actually talked to them uh, last night. We are in playoff mode. We're staying up late. I couldn't stay up to do this. Joey talked to these dudes. He's dragging this morning. He's chugging coffee. We got no dumb questions. What is the long change and our three stars of the week? But I've been ready for it. Joey's ready for it, even though he's tired. And we're going to do this just like you. Let's talk about your Seattle Kraken. Welcome to episode 74 of the Kraken Pod. Let's go. What is going on? How you doing? My name is Jeff Janusik. This is my friend and co-host. Joey Cirillo. Dude. I'm trying. MVP. I, pre- I appreciate your energy coming in hot, man, because I'm, fu- I'm jacked right now. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I'm trying to catch up from being up late last well, night. Well, MVP, uh, it's the playoffs. There's so much going on. You know, you know, we're in Louisiana. We're staying up to watch these games. Yes. You, you know, you're staying up to watch these games wherever you are. And then last night, Joey uh, stayed up super late to talk to the Dallas Stars guys to get their perspective on the Stars. Yes. Uh, for our series two, our round two series against the Dallas Stars, I passed out at 930. I couldn't. I'm so jealous. Dude, I'm so sorry. I couldn't. So jealous. No, don't do be it. sorry at all. I'm just jealous right now. I feel like Oliver Bjorkstrand. We're like, my talent's there, but I've been kind of laying low a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're like, dude, game I got to take the night off. I'm like, boom, game seven, here Woo. I come in. Yeah. I'm going to put two in the net, maybe three or four off the pose for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I mean, how, how pumped are you, you know, to, to watch this again? You know, our, our, the whole thing about our podcast, we started this at the before the Kraken, you know, dropped a puck, right? Yeah. And our whole thing was like, I've been watching hockey all my life. Joey really hadn't watched hockey, didn't have a team. He's from Washington State. Um, I'm from Michigan. We're in Louisiana. So, like, this is weird that we even have a Kraken podcast, but we're all in. And, and the deal is this is, you know, Joey has learned over time as a new hockey fan. I mean, I don't He knows more than, than hockey, uh, more about hockey than I do. False, I feel like false, but thank you. Yeah. But you've come a long way. So, you know, that's our journey, right? So we're, we're a, uh, a podcast for new hockey fans and old hockey fans or, or experienced. I'll say just like myself. Um, so how are you feeling your team, this new team for you? You're yes. now you your first playoff series, an epic, awesome, amazing series for us. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling like a fucking guru because if you remember when we talked to the tell it as it is guy we were doing predictions right. guess who called Kraken in seven you did I think I'm peaking right now I, it's weird yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's really weird like 
I, I don't know, Mike. I felt I felt good about that series. I had to go Jeff Lasso on them a little bit because you took the Kraken in six. I was like, you know what? Give me seven because I think the Avs are going to make it a seven-game series. But even then, I was nervous. I'm like, man, that means that the Kraken would have to win in Colorado in game seven. And guess what? That's exactly what they did. Kraken handled business, and they beat the Avs two to one uh, to advance to the Stars in the second round. And you and I were like some of the only people, you know, aside from like the homers and the fans and stuff like that, that were calling that. So fuck all the national broadcasters that had it wrong, and they were doubting us. And we're gonna get into this a little bit later, but we're gonna. There's some previews that we did with the Starcastic guys. One of them called Dallas in five, and I'm like, bro, that's so disrespectful. Are you fucking serious? I'll give you my. my we'll talk about our, yeah. ta- our take on yeah, the series. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm obviously nervous. I was, you know, Piper Shaw. You know, we really line this up. We we're homers, right? Obviously, yes. yeah, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, like we did look at this, yeah. like impartially. And when we talked to Piper Shaw like three or four weeks ago, yes. we talked about how great of a matchup it was with this team mm-hmm. and all the storylines like Philip Grubauer, which that one came absolutely true. Yes. Revenge series for Gru, which is fantastic. So like it really, I really felt it. I truly felt it. Now this series, I don't know. I don't know what to think just yet. I don't know either, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I, and again, and we, I talked about this a little bit with the, with the starcastic guys, but it was one of those things where it was like, when you and I were talking to Piper Sean, we were like, Hey, out of these teams remaining, who would you want to play against? I like, try to be as objective as possible. And Piper was like, give me the Colorado Avalanche. And you and I, without even talking about like beforehand, we're like, we completely agree with you. We laid everything out there about like their what, 2-0-1 record against them during the regular season, how well they play in Denver, blah, blah, blah. And then we end up talking to the Avs. It is, guys. We make predictions. Basically, if you're listening to this podcast, it's like back to the future. Like we're, <laughs> we're living like ahead of the times right now, man. Like we're on, we're on a heater right now, just like the Kraken are. So we're riding this wave. Well, uh, props to you for calling game, game, game seven winning. And that's exactly what happened. So you're, you're pumped listening. We're pumped. Let's go. Joey's waking up. I'm I'm awake. Let's go. Let's get into our chug it, chug it into our Kraken reaction. Wow. I mean, you you look, be be proud of this team. Be proud of what they did. They truly were. And I'm not trying to sound lame here, but they were, you know, they had that Kraken energy. Like they literally had just, you know, tentacles of waves of uh, great, great, solid Deep lines. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what they did with, uh, I, 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 to the credit of the avalanche. First of all, we frustrated the shit out of them. Yes. And all the, if you looked around, all of the, the storylines about the abs losing is injuries and they didn't have the depth that they needed, wah, which, wah, is, wah. which is true. <laughs> but at the same time, the job that we did yeah. on keeping, you know, Miko Rantanen for the most part, and also to well, Nate McKinnon. Seven goals in the series for him is, I mean, that guy was, he was like a, he was trying to be a cracking killer and it didn't work out for him, but damn it, he's good. But they had, they had nothing else. He's like else. Michael Myers. He just kept coming back. I'm like, someone fucking shoot this guy in the head. But he, the, figuratively. Right, exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, monster movie, horror movie. Yes, thing. That, thank you. Thank he, you. you know, like we did, he, he could, he, we, we did, did keep him contained because like he was the, yeah. like, look, he's the lead. He was the leading scorer. He found ways, but I'm talking like when he got loose and figured it out, he would score a goal. Yes. No, but, I, like the yeah. fact that we contained him like 80% of the time. Right. And the other 20%, he was scoring goals. Right. The same with, yeah. with, with Nate McKinnon that he got so frustrated. Yeah. All right. Like exactly like in, uh, uh when, when he, you know, 
uh, got tripped his so you know the trip that didn't get called yeah when he was two-handed swinging the stick like he's Dante Bichette out on the ice while we're uh, we're down the ice scoring a goal yeah appreciate him for that yeah man I'm with you like we we frustrated the hell out of them and it wasn't just that like they legitimately with without their stars on the ice couldn't generate any type of offense like their bottom lines were not able to do shit against the Seattle Kraken and that's where I think this series really took a turn and played in favor and everyone was doubting the Seattle Kraken they're like can this depth really beat star power and the answer is yes because without Rantanen or McCarr or McKinnon out on the ice like the abs had no answers whatsoever and we're you know one two three fourth line it doesn't matter like our guys are out there doing their thing and that's exactly what we're going to need against Dallas but dude yeah we handled we handled the abs and we beat them two to one in Denver game seven like on the road massive win and now we get to move on to the second round of the playoffs. And like, honestly, it still feels kind of surreal. Like I know whenever, when this episode comes out, the puck is going to drop tonight, but it still blows my mind because I just can't, I mean, like I can't believe it because we thought it would happen, but it's just pretty insane that the Kraken are moving on to the next round, like first ever time in the NHL playoffs. And here we are, you know, we've watched all these games. We knew it. We just knew it. And I think one of the keys, and we talked about this, the key, the, the thing that the Kraken need in this series is a story. Yeah. I think the stories were big, like the dad energy, like Morgan Geeky having a baby in the middle of the series. Everyone was laughing at us, by the way. And then the next thing you know, um, you see like post-game interviews where they're the, like official reporters are asking Morgan Geeky, hey, is dad energy and, dra- and dad strength real? And he's like laughing. He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, dude, we've been preaching this for a fucking year. It's, it's the story. <laughs> It's the bonding of this team over yeah. the fact that, you know, yeah, of course, the guys are having babies, right? Then you've got, um, you know, Philip Grubauer, right? Who, oh my God. Revenge series. So happy for Gru. Yes. One of the best playoff performances so far as a goaltender. He yes. really has had the, uh, a two-month two stretch of just being fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and, and so thank you, Gru. If, you know, and there's been times I've criticized Grubauer, but, uh, yeah, you know Yeah, we what? keep it real. We, we criticized him a couple times. We criticize everybody, man. Yeah. Nobody's safe from I the I criticize you. I criticize myself. I criticize you all day. So we just text back and forth critiquing each other. Son of a bitch. You screwed up that last episode. Your podcast. You suck this morning, but whatever. More like slob pat. Yeah. Slob cast, man. The hell. Dude, Um, so I have a quick stat here. I know you're going to be shocked by this, but Grubauer regular season, 2.85 goals against average and 8.95 save percentage. Not ideal. Like one of the bottom-ish goalies in the league. Yeah. This postseason, 2.44 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage against Colorado. He keeps playing like that against Dallas, like the Kraken are going to have a chance to win the series. I love that story. And then Ty Cartier comes in. Passa Cavartier? Yes. Yeah. So, man, the nickname. We, our nickname game is so good. I just keep thinking the Busta Rhyme song, Passa Cavartier, but Passa Cartier. I think, yeah, absolutely. I I did enjoy people like, uh, you know, tying it to Cartier, right? So like the the, the high end. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I do, I do like that a lot. That, that, that guy. So what I love about this is the system. The system works. He just came in and, you know, he replaced your play. It's like, boop, boop, you know, boom. How do you, you, oh man, we just lost our, our leading goal scorer Mm -hmm. uh, for our team. What do we do? Bring up the rookie, right? Yeah. Bring up the young kid. Oh, and he scores that, a goal. You mean the AHL player of the year? Yeah, let's just give him a quick uh, call and then put just him on a kid. plane. Yeah. Some beer league kid. <laughs> so, uh, no, and then he comes in and he plays outstanding. And, dude, it really is the next man up mentality, which is great because. 
we're talking about all these different players. So Bjorkstrand in, in this game, in game seven, he ends up scoring twice. And like we alluded to earlier, like what, three hit the post, maybe four. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the dude could have legitimately had the easiest hat trick ever. He was feeling himself. And the crazy part is like, we all know how good Bjorkstrand is. And he's had moments in the season where he really shined. But I think like him playing with Burakovsky and like all those things, like he didn't have the season that he wanted to. Piper Shaw told us about that. And this whole series, he hasn't really done a lot, but the talent has always been there. And then he ends up going off in this game and playing like the player that he is. And he ends up being the 15th different Kraken to score a goal in the postseason, which is the most among... Uh, every team that's in the postseason right now, like they lead the NHL in goal scores. And it's just freaking crazy. It's like, this is what this team is all about. We have these dudes, but like every game, it's like you mentioned uh, with the tell it as it is guys, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. You never know who's going to contribute. All these guys from top to bottom are talented as shit. And it's like, how do you want us to kill you today? Do you want a Jimmy, uh, you know, a, a big rig, uh backhanded goal out of nowhere? How about a Vince Dunn sniper or off a, off a face off? Like, how do you, want us to do this to you. You want Morgan Geeky to surprise you? It's like, dude, we can we can come at you a thousand different ways. And that's why this team is so good and it's so fun to watch. Every game, you have no idea. Also, I love that, and it's well said, uh, I love that we scored first in every single game, right? Which, oh, was, yeah. which was huge. Oh, yeah, NHL record. NHL record. Way, NBD. Um, and in game seven too, I, you know, uh, man, he was, uh, Bjorki was really Dude, uh, he was feeling. He was it. sniping that top. Yeah, the top. Yeah, the the glove side corner. Yeah, the top like yeah. uh, le- uh, I guess left corner, right? Like so if they he, were in the he, kitchen. He's like, he can, knew can you reach there. that top shelf for me. That's okay. I got it. Yeah, I got you, man. Yeah. Um. Now I'll say this is, and there's one more thing I want to go back to from Game Six. We'll come. We'll come back around in one second. Uh, is the goal being called off on the offsides? I so they scored that second goal, and I was like, ah, crap. But yeah, in my gut, I knew that we had the game. See, I did not I feel walked, that way at that moment. I was like, oh god, <laughs> I did. I felt good. I felt the vibes were good to me, but I did get up and go like, I'm just gonna take a break. Yeah, and I walked off, and I was like, I just gave it a few minutes to kind of you know did some shit in the kitchen, and I yeah. came back, and I was like, wait, it's too. Two one. What? Uh, what happened? Yes. Um, and so the fact that it got called on offsides, like that's just phenomenal. So like the yes. the vibes were on our side, and you know we pulled it off, which is awesome. So you know whatever you want to say with the abs uh, and give them excuses, it's really it, we're 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 one of the only uh, official uh, mainstream media people that are going to. <laughs> no, so I like how you said that with up. this smirk. No and one can it. see it. Yeah, we leveled up. <laughs> Uh, and I will say this is like, give credit to this team, give credit to the Seattle Kraken for yeah. doing what they did against yes. the, the champs. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to talk about going back to like game six, right? Which was uh, a mess, but you know, it just, you could kind of see it coming was Eberle's hit and Cogliano. Yeah. We have to talk about that. So what do you think? Okay. Um, put me on the spot, but I like it, Jeff. So new hockey fan, right? I've, I've been very open about that. Here's what I think. Um, one, he's playing the puck. Cogliano was, he did have the puck and was trying to mess with it, whatever. He was against the boards. His head was down, which, um, you know, new to hockey, but I don't think that's a real real smart move. I think Eberle was trying to make a clean play. I think in that situation, shit happened really fast, and unfortunately, somebody got hurt. With that being said, and by the way, like, uh, the NHL and TNT guys, I know they get a lot of shit, especially Biz, which, you know, understandably so. He's a polarizing person, just like Grew Bauer during, d- during the regular season. But they did, if, if anyone caught this, they did a great interview with Eberly where they were like flat out talking to him. And he, he was like, listen, 
I'm not a dirty player. In fact, like I know Cogliano. I played with him my rookie season in Edmonton. Like he's a dude I respect. Like I don't go out there trying to hurt anybody. Like he was playing the puck. Like things are moving really fast. And unfortunately, these things happen. That's exactly how I look at this situation. Um, with that being said, he should have been suspended for game seven. Like the guy broke his fucking neck. Um, and I don't think it was, it was intentional. I do think the, these things happen. When I, when I watched the replay, I'm like, he's against the boards messing with the puck and his head's down. And then he gets hit and like, you know, like the top of his neck goes against the boards and that's, and that's unfortunately what happened. So that's, that's my opinion on it. How do you feel about it? I agree with you. I think that Ebbs was not trying to... Kale McCarr knew what he was doing. A million percent. Thank knew what you. he was doing, yes. right? But Puck is nowhere near the play. The can's letting up. I yeah. think Eberle, uh was intended to hit him. Yes. It was awkward. Mm-hmm. But based on his injury, I think that he should have probably got a game. No, and that's the thing, right? Because we talked about this in the last episode where we broke down exactly how like NHL player safety reviews this stuff. When they review it, they take injury into context in the review. And that's where I was surprised he didn't get suspended for a game because it's like, okay, they were pretty quick with the news on the exact injury of Cogliano, but for some reason, Eberly didn't get a game. He should have been suspended for game seven. With that being said, he also didn't do much in game seven. I think the Kraken still would have won. Like right. it, the results would have been the same. So it's one of those things like we're talking about it because it's right. It's topical and it just happened recently, but we're moving on to round two and it is one of those things, but I did think it was important for us to mention it here. I, I yeah, I'm glad we talked about it and yeah. uh, we both are on the same page. So, yep, yep, yep. so Kraken beat the abs. It was fantastic. What an awesome celebration. Um, I think the, the Kraken are all about business and we move quickly. Yes into the next round yeah. against the Dallas Stars. Yes. Who we struggled with in the regular season. One, one, and one. It wasn't, but the last win that we had was in Dallas. And I, I just remember watching that game specifically. And I remember them being close by because whenever the crack and play in Dallas, because you and I have not seen the crack and play in person yet. Dallas is the closest market we have. Well, Dallas and Nashville are the closest. I that thought we about have. it. I've legitimately had thoughts of being like, that's a one hour flight. Like one hour flight plus tickets. Like I could fly there. <laughs> like I go into it again. But that's when I've thought about it. Um, random fact before I go into Dallas. Did you know that the Avs have lost their last six game sevens? And the last time they won a game seven was in 2002 against the San Jose Sharks. Really? Yeah. If I would have known that stat going into game seven uh, two nights ago, I would have felt a lot more confident. But for some reason, whenever it's do or die for them, they have not won in, what is that, 19 years? Wow. Yeah. Well, they only, they no, only, sorry. I what think the, they only lost 23, 21 uh, years. I can't do math. Cup run. They only lost like four games. I yeah. Think. Because that's the thing. They've controlled every series. Yeah. So they don't get into a do a, a do or die situation. And, and Jared Bednar, the abs coach actually gave the Kraken a lot of credit um, after the game seven loss. And he was like, that's a really good team. And the one thing that they had that we didn't have all series was consistency. So Bednar gave us a shout out. I also thought it was really cool how the NHL on TNT people, um, they did interviews with Yanni Gord and with Grubauer afterwards. And at the end of the interviews, they specifically were like, do you want to say anything to the fans? And both Yanni and Grubauer were just like, hey, we love you guys. Couldn't be here without you. You know, kind of like the cliche stuff, but they're like, they're super pumped, man. They're like, you guys deserve this. Like, you've been crazy for us all season. Like, we're just excited to keep it going. So that was awesome, especially for Grubauer, because that dude was fucking gassed. Like, they even asked him, like, how do you feel? He's like, I'm tired. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we rode him for seven games, man. Like, that guy has hasn't had a freaking break. And by the way, everyone that was 
like hating on him, like as part of the polarizing figure, should be sending him like apology love letters. By flowers, the way. Yeah, yeah. Send him some flowers, uh, maybe like some DOS boots, send him some beer, some like sweet sunglasses or like some rose. He's like a fancy kind of guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very cool. He's, he's uh, he, he definitely has uh, fi- the finer taste. Yes, yes. The German gentleman. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, yeah, no, like when, it, you know, like when a celebrity passed away, people put like flowers and stuffed toys outside of yes. their gate, that sort yes. of thing. Yes. That's what it's not to bring that down. But when, uh, <laughs> They should do the that. Still house. alive. We're not breaking wherever he li- wherever he lives. It should just be like a whole here, a whole bunch of flowers and stuffed bears. And It'd stuff be like, like a that. memorial. Like it's something happened to him. No, we're just apologizing yeah. for shitting on him all year. We're sorry for that. Yeah, <laughs> he's a goaltender. He knows. All right. So talking about Dallas, here's my here's my vibes analysis. Lay it on me, please. Right? Yeah. And whenever you're listening to this, you may you may know the answer by now. Is yeah. I think I'll know how this series is going to go by game one. Ba- no, first period. Oh, interesting. Based on the first period. Yeah. So what I'm concerned about is I think uh, the stars are deeper. They are deeper. They're deeper. They're, they're, they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a great goaltender. Yeah. Right. And so they got kind of all the things they need to go on a, on a, on a run, right? Pavelski's officially back for game one, by the way. Right. They're hel- They're healthy, healthy. And from what yeah. I've looked into, they're going to be moving him down to like the second line to create some more depth and stuff like that too. So, yeah. So, so they, they, they're smart and they know what they're doing and they, they saw what the avalanche had with the Kraken. So they're going to plan for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the first period. Now I think the Kraken will come out hard and strong. Um, the, they got to continue that four check, which yeah. is epic. Right, they got to continue that pressure, mm-hmm. those waves. Mm-hmm. They just have to keep that speed going, so they can keep the speed going and the forecheck. And there's n- number one, no injuries. Yeah, right. And then also too, the fatigue's going to come into play here. So that's what I'm worried about. I, I think it's going to go back to Seattle, a one-one series. But I'm I'm worried about this. The, the, the stars. I mean, they took care of Minnesota in what was it, five games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're they're going like they've been on a they've been on they've been resting for two days now. They've been at home just chilling, taking ice baths, like taking showers, hanging out with their significant others, you know, grabbing, really? a, you grabbing a cheeseburger. You've been watching them. Yeah, dude. Like I, I've been in the bushes. Wow. Yeah. Kind of cool. I know where Otter lives. Like Whataburger? They go to yeah, Whataburger? Yeah, they go to Whataburger. Mm, yeah. It's terrible. Otter goes to Whataburger. That'd be pretty funny. I don't commercial, get it. actually. Yeah, yeah, for real. Why isn't he advertising? I don't know. But anyways, yeah, man, like they've been, they've been wrestling. I'm from Texas. Whataburger, man. <laughs> oh, love it. I love Whataburger. I do love Whataburger. I don't get it. I think it kind of sucks. Wait, really? Yeah, I don't like it. How do you feel about In-N-Out? Okay, so here's the thing. It's like pizza. Like, I don't like this, but I'm eating it. But like, like but I like, don't get the, like I don't it's get, always good, but you're, you're not gonna. Yeah, I don't get the hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get the oh, we gotta go to Whataburger. We're in Texas. I mean, listen, I'm not like going it's good. Going nuts. It's just I'm not, not going nuts over it, but it is delicious. In and out is that's something we're like, ooh, that's a destination. I gotta go there. But Whataburger just hmm. to me, it's, it's kind of like I don't know. I just don't get it. The okay. fries suck. See, I disagree. I like their fries. That's, they're, aren't they like the thinner ones? Well, here's the thing that I don't like about Whataburger. We're getting off on tangent here. Whatever. We have like ADHD. Um, I think this the, is important. We're I talking think, about I Dallas. Think, I think the spicy ketchup is a little overrated. It's like, calm down, guys. You guys like, like, like did like a little Tabasco shake and a fucking Wait, ketchup bottle. Which now one's we're this? Gonna, Waterburger? Waterburger, yeah. Oh, it's they, been a while for me. They have the spicy ketchup. I was like, oh, have you had the spicy ketchup? Like, yeah, dude, I put Tabasco and ketchup before. I'm not fucking 10 years old. I live old. in Louisiana. Yeah, like everything spicy. is spicy here. Yeah, every bit. Every, go to Popeyes one time in Louisiana. It's right. different. It's yeah. It's like Texas barbecue is amazing. I'm, ne- I'm never. I'm not coming for your barbecue. Yeah. I get it. It's Dallas amazing. has some solid barbecue. Well, spot. Dallas is a great city. I do love Dallas. This place called like Pecan Lodge. I think. Oh my god, man. 
I, I, I do love Texas, uh, but at the same time, God uh, bless Texas. I don't get <laughs> who sings it. I don't fucking know. Travis Tritt, dude. Oh, okay. Come on. Let's try to make fun no, of it. No, wait, it's not. Make- wait, it's Sawyer Brown. <laughs> wait, hold on. God bless Texas song. I got to get this. Uh, ooh, who is it? The uh, only. Oh, it's Little Texas. I should have known. No, that. The only country song that I really know because I'm obsessed with it to this day is uh, She Thinks My Tractor is Sexy. Yeah, some Kenny Chesney. I, that's who that is. Yeah. I love that song. He literally talks about how a tractor like dr- makes his girl like want to get down. <laughs> kind of hot. Um, there, so they, uh, uh, that was his like first big song. So I love country music. I'm a big fan. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I love heavy metal. I love country music. I love rap. Yeah. yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. I just don't, I'm just laughing. I'm a nerd. No one can see. Cause you just put your hat on backwards. And when you said rap, like I like the rap music, <laughs> I like the rap music. Hello. Could you put on some of that Jay Z please? <laughs> That would be fantastic. I love rap music. Listens to only, only Beastie Boys. No, man. Um, Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang is for the children. Um, but no, man, like, anyways, moving <laughs> on. Uh, they, they've been resting. They've been resting for two days now. So it's one of those things. Like, I am worried about the fatigue. I think it's going to go back to Seattle, a 1-1 series. And the other thing, and I talked about this with the with the guys, so I don't have to get into it too much, but... Um, statistically Grubauer right now out of, out of all the goalies, and this includes the people that were in the first round before they were eliminated, Colorado. Um, Gruby was uh, the number four goalie overall in terms of NHL goalies in the playoffs. Ottinger, Jake, uh, he's got to be number one right now. This guy, I mean, he's, it's so hard to root against him because he's seemingly like a really good dude and he's always standing on his head. I mean, I don't know how you feel about him, but like I became an Otter fan last year. His goals against average in the playoffs is sitting at exactly one and his save percentage is a nine, six, five. There was one game where he shut out Minnesota. He had one game where he had, where he wasn't really that good, but dude, overall, holy shit. This guy is like really, really, really standing on his head. Like Grubauer is basically going to have to play like he did against Colorado to give Seattle a chance because even his play against Colorado, um, you know, if you want to compare him against Otter straight up, like isn't even on that level. I mean, like this guy is, he is locked in right now. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to come with our A game. So, you know, another note is special teams. Special teams has got to do this something. Is, this is the bit I think is the biggest difference maker in the entire series is a special team. Seriously. So last last series, the stars in the wild. Yeah. Which now I'm thinking like, you know, we, we just had a tougher series, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we play the fucking defending. But our, <laughs> what were the stats? What were the stats on our power play versus their power? We play? were in the 16, like 16 and change percent, which is like bottom of the league. During the year, we were like 19 and change, which was 21st in the NHL. Mm. During the playoffs, we went three percentage points down. We were not good. Whereas the stars were what, 26, 27%, which is like 2% higher than they, what they were all season, which yeah. was a top five team in the NHL. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I mean, like, that's the thing. Our power play um, and, our, and our penalty kill are literally opposite ends of the spectrum of one another. We were like bottom in the league in PK, even though after the end of January, we really got together. Um, they were 83% and change all season, top three in the NHL. So, we really need to figure out our special teams because this is the one area where like, there's such a glaring difference that the, the, the Dallas stars could take advantage of us real quick. If we don't have our shit together. All right. Talk to me about Jared McCann. Yeah. And what I haven't thought about this in a while, but Berkey, 
Berkey's out, man. Um, yeah, and I didn't realize this because last night I'm like doing some research. I'm like, what the hell is going on with Berkey? And April 13th, there was a piece that came out in the Seattle Times expecting him to be out at least another six weeks. Because if you remember right, you and I were on the podcast and you spotted him during morning skate. I think Emerald City Hockey guys had tweeted yep. him out. And he was wearing like the red non-contact jersey. He was doing like what, you know, like Aaron Rodgers does, you know, right before preseason games because no one wants to touch him while he's getting his arm ready. So that's what Burakovsky was doing. But then he had a setback at practice. They would not talk about what his injury was. There was speculation that he broke his leg. Haxtell said that that is not true, but he's not going to talk about what it is. He elected for surgery. The earliest that he is going to come back is either the Western Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Final. Berkey is not coming mm-hmm. back for this series. He's completely out. And then for McCann, that question was asked to Haxtell right after game seven um, when we up, when we upset, whatever, when we beat the Colorado Avalanche. And he flat out said, McCann is not with us on this trip right now. And he was not going to comment any further on when he's going to come back. I'm predicting that he's back in like game three or game four in Seattle. They let him stay home so he can rest. If I'm playing Twitter doctor, he had a bad concussion. Stay home. Those symptoms go down, they go away. They're going to continually test him and let him rest. And if he's good to go, he's going to come back for one of those games and Client Pledge Arena is going to go fucking nuts. I do not expect him to come back for game one or game two in Dallas. I'd be shocked if he got on a plane and flew that far by himself. Yeah, it's all right. We know, look, next man in, we've, we've got it. You know, we've yeah, got next this machine. Man up. This, this, this Cartier, happy birthday. Turned 22 on Sunday when we beat the app. 22 scoring goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you want to feel old? Well, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> also, too, we, we, the, the whole parent thing, his, the, the more dad energy. We yes. forgot about that. I know we're flashing dad. back. No, no. But his and parents Dad energy from, and baby energy. Had the geeky score in the Cartier goal. Right, exactly. And yeah. his parents were there. And then we got the meme out of the uh, woman, the Colorado Avalanche woman behind his parents. Yes. Who was like, just like groaning. Like, yeah. Which, which I, I, you know, I, I don't like to. Uh, pick random people apart, but no, it, I do. Let's do it, it was it was funny that she's you know she's just so obviously that'd be the same person. But anyway, yeah. all right. So uh, before we talk to these guys from uh, Starcastic Remarks, mm-hmm. what is your prediction? I'm taking I'm taking uh, Seattle and seven. I'm gonna do I'm si- sticking with Seattle and seven. I'm sticking with Seattle and six. Okay, there we go. I think they'll figure this out. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we can't we can't pick against like what kind of fucking hell no I'm not picking pot? against yeah. the Kraken. I'm not doing that. No and way. Like I, we got to keep the energy going for the boys. And you know what? It's one of those things where like everyone thought we were crazy for calling what we did. So yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the boys to to write it out in seven. I want to love my team. I don't want to be right. And yeah. I love to be right. Holy smokes! Yeah. Ask my wife. <laughs> Ask my wife. Hey hey hey. Hey. I bet if I asked her right now, she'd be like, "No, that's not." No, she would. I'm all. Yeah. She would. <laughs> We both like to be right. I can tell you that. My wife and I, she, it's, but she would say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. That's why I love her. All right. So, <laughs> look, we need to get some insight into this Dallas Stars team. You know, we've watched every single Kraken game this season. You've watched every single Kraken game yep. this season. Uh, but these guys, Ryan and Chris, um, from Sarcastic Remarks, they have watched the Dallas Stars, our, our next round opponent. So here they are. Ryan and Chris from the Starcastic Remarks podcast talking about the Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken second round matchup. Let's go. This is Ryan Chambers from Starcastic Remarks, and I'm here with Joey from the Kraken Pod and also my brother Chris from Starcastic Remarks. Uh, gentlemen, we're kind of throwing this uh, together at the very last second, but, I mean, we didn't really have a, cho- a choice because the Kraken, I mean... I'll be honest, Joey, I did not pick the Kraken to to win the series against the Avalanche, but they do. So that's really cool that we get a, a chance to uh, to do this little joint little interview session with, with you just to get some insight on the Kraken and uh, for you to get a little bit of insight from us on the uh, Dallas Stars. But 
And I mentioned this, we just recorded an episode for our own podcast uh, earlier, a second ago, and I mentioned this. It is so nice to be able to talk to a fan base that we actually like like to talk to. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I'm just being totally honest here. Just like the the Minnesota Wild fan base. I mean, it was super toxic on Twitter all the time. This the constant back and forth between us, even even our our on our uh, podcast uh, Twitter, which I'm typically pretty tame on. I was even going at it. I was just like, what am I doing here? It's like, so anyways, this is a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's going to be fun between the two fan bases. Listen, you say this now, but it's before game one. So we'll see, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something could happen. Like, you know, some guy could get boarded and then we start, you know, agreeing and dis- or disagreeing on, on the call on the ice or someone gets hurt and then we're going at each other's throats. No, man, it's, uh, right. Um, it's all good. We, uh, we had a very, we had a really good experience with the, with like the Avs fan base for the most part. I mean, you're always going to get a couple people here or there. Um, that's always with people, every fan base. Oh my God. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously as fans were super confident going into the series as they should have been. Um, but it was funny because as the series turned into an actual series and at the end when, uh, Seattle took it, there was one troll specifically and just sticks out to me because, um, he was just chirping the entire time. And at the end of the series, when it's like, oh, we won, what do you have to say? I think his comeback was like, win a cup and then we'll talk. It's like, all right, man, now you're just moving the goal. It's like, come on. Like, that's not fair at all. But no, I think it'll, it'll be good. And also, um, Dallas is just a team that I also like legitimately enjoy watching. Like if the Kraken had lost, um, I honestly don't know who, who I would have like chosen to root for, but Dallas, I've always just liked, especially Otter. Um, it's just incredible. Like when you have a goalie that's standing on his head as much as he has, like throughout the regular season and then also, uh, the playoffs, it's really hard not to root for a guy like that. So yeah, Dallas is a lot of fun to watch and a pretty scary team for us. Yeah. And going straight into goalies. I mean, my big thing, the last two games that the Kraken played, I, I feel like the number one player was Grubauer. I mean, he was fantastic, and especially the difference between his playoff form and what he did in the regular season. (laughs) He was a liability in the regular season. In the playoffs, he was the guy. Yeah, no, it was – God, I actually have a note here. I'm trying to find it really quick. I didn't realize we're going to be hopping in uh, me like that. No, so here's my note. So, (laughs) yeah, so – We're putting you on the spot, Joey. No, it's all good, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, (laughs) uh, Brew Bauer regular season, 2.85 goals against average and an 8.95 save percentage. And so far in this postseason, uh, 2.44 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage. So um, he has, like, markedly improved – um, he got a lot of crap for last year, which as someone who literally watched every single game, there were a lot of times where I'm like, I think he could have made a save here or there, but like the team was so bad last year and the defense was so bad as well. It's almost like a throwaway season. And for some reason, he's like this weird polarizing figure, um, with like this Seattle Kraken fan base. I don't know, like if you guys pay any attention to that stuff, but like, it's either like they love him. Or they absolutely hate him. But it's really funny because during, you know, during the regular season, there was a lot of hate. Martin Jones got really hot in December, like out of nowhere. And the Kraken just went on tear. And um, Gruby came back and wasn't playing as good. And everyone's hating on him. But yeah, he's he somehow found a way to turn it around. I mean, the Kraken rode him every single game uh, in the series against the Avs and against his former team. I was like, this is can either go either way. The Avs know exactly how to score on him and they're going to exploit it. Um, or which for me, I was like high glove side, uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things right. where I don't know, man, he's, he's really turned it on, but uh, you know, I'm again, it's, it's all about uh goaltending for me. 
And in this series, when I look at Otter, who I've already mentioned and who I have a ton of like admiration and respect for, he's just so lovable. Um, he just, I don't know, like, is this how like Dallas Stars fans feel about him all the time as well? Like, is he just that dude just across the league or what? Yeah. I mean, that really what that is what it is. I mean, you think about him and the guy I compare it to is the Chiefs quarterback. I mean, he, he's the guy that's always showing up in the big time moments and he's got the swagger. That's exactly what Jake Ottinger is. And on top of that, when you, you go to the post game uh, interviews and stuff like that, he's just always deflecting, deflecting. Oh, it was everybody else. They were so great. So he's got uh, this great combination of in game, just most swag you could ever have. And then yes. after the game, it's just turn it all away. Perfect hockey answers for every question. It's just a really good combination. He just seems, I mean, if you, if you want a franchise goalie, you found one right it. there. Yeah. He, he's got that. He's got that humility in him but he's also got that uh that stubbornness at the same time if that makes any sense no right? it makes sense it sounds like his personality is like the opposite of jordan bennington so i already love him so yeah <laughs> oh, oh yeah yeah. don't even get us started about jordan bennington with him being in the same division we are so happy that that he had that he had a bad season not necessarily st louis blues but we don't like the st louis blues but really we're happy that he had a bad season yeah, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent on him, but I definitely have a running thing where I am always um, uh, saying some very choice words about Bennington. I just think he's trash. <laughs> and, uh, not only is he trash, but every single highlight, quote unquote, of his throughout the entire regular season wasn't even him making a play. It was just him um, like cheap shotting somebody or like yelling at a ref or doing something stupid. So anyway, that's my whole uh, Jordan Bennington thing. But yeah, so um, Otter again is just out completely outstanding like i have to give the guy a ton of credit i almost wish that he would talk a little bit of smack like in the post game report because as a kraken fan like going into this game like if he has a game where he like shuts us out and i know he did that one time against minnesota but if he does that and i watch the post game he's like oh you know my teammates i'm like man screw this guy like screw the, like, he's beat the crap out of us he had 30 saves tonight and here he is like giving credit to the team so that's actually like, even more infuriating than just like outright talking on the other team um but i was looking at some stats like his last three playoff appearances and y'all already know this i'm just like speaking to what you know but um exactly one for goals against average and nine six five save percentage that is absolutely out of control i mean is there anybody i know group i know grubauer right now um, for all the goalies in the playoffs, he's top four and he's number four, which is fine because didn't know what to expect going into the playoffs. But Ottinger has to be what one or two at this point. I mean, this is insane. He he's got to be the best pl- goaltender in the playoffs right now, in my own opinion. I, I mean, that, that's that's remaining. I mean, even with like we saw Vasilevsky had some issues mm-hmm. for Tampa, but the the thing about him and he and both me and I think my other brother. Well, actually, actually, you might, you might have been the one that pointed this out, Chris. The difference in the series, I mean, we were down 2-1 to one to the Minnesota Wild, you know, going into Game 4. And we did not play well in Game 4, but Ottinger did. And then the Stars were able to kind of limp along with their terrible play, and then they figured it out, like, beginning of Game 5, and then they won the next three. They won 4, 5, and 6. And we keep looking. There was one particular save in... Game four, 12 seconds remaining. It, it just absolutely ridiculous. He should have never been able to make that save. And it was a series changer, in my opinion. And those are the sort of things that when you look at like a championship team, and especially when you look at Jake Ottinger, he's been through so much uh, other high-stress you know, events in his life. He was 
as a freshman in high school, he, he started in the Minnesota hockey tournament, which I'm from Texas and I know about the Minnesota high school hockey tournament. That is a huge deal. Um, he was, he was big when he was at, I think it was Boston college or Boston university. I forget which one, but he, he started in the final four games and he was instrumental in those games as well. So when you look at his career, he's been in these high stress situations. He's been in the biggest situations on the biggest stages that he could possibly be in. And he showed that again in that Minnesota wild series. So I'm curious to see how that uh, is going to translate between him and Grubauer in the series coming up. It's going to be really fun. And what that really shows from Stars fans and Stars coaches is that no matter what happens to Andre, he could get totally shellacked in the first two games. Doesn't matter. He's going to start every single game this series. Doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, so he's got the uh, like the quarterback mindset, right, where he's like, next play. Like You just got to erase that from your memory and kind of go out there, which is exactly what you want. I couldn't honestly put a finger on Grubauer's personality. He's kind of like a goofy German dude uh, <laughs> who posts like awesome vacation photos. And uh, <laughs> he's made the Kraken fan base like fall in love with him all over again, which is great. All right. So you mentioned, um, I think, uh, game four, and you, you were talking about how the Stars didn't necessarily play a really good hockey game. Is there any one or two things in particular about your team? Like if you had to like look at your team and try to be objective as you can and like try to poke holes in them, is there one thing or a number of things that you're concerned about or something that you're like, I need to pay attention to this. And what would that be? The the most obvious thing on paper is going to be the depth on the blue line side. Um, We're, we're putting in right now, uh, Thomas Harley, who didn't play Harley at all for the stars. He played the last six games of the regular season, I believe. Um, and he, he was really brought up very well in the AHL. He was there for a reason. He was learning a lot. The franchise is very high on him, but still, he, he doesn't have a ton of that uh, regular NHL experience. And then you have uh, Hanley, who was really the seventh defenseman all year long um, and kind of was put in because Colin Miller had a really bad game three, especially uh, it was that Johansson play. It was spectacular. Oh, it was a highlight reel. But it, it was because of bad play by Miller. So the bottom pair is definitely where I think most Stars fans would point to saying that's the biggest weakness of the team. For for me, one of the a concern, if I'm specifically looking at the playoffs, and we we literally just talked about this too, is the our is not necessarily our ability to score, but our power play has been very streaky at times during the regular season, and in the first round, it was ridiculous. I mean it should have been first in the playoffs if, you know, there were players not named Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl existing in the NHL. But the, the thing that they struggled with a little bit was their five on five play, their five on five scoring. And if the star streakiness, if it continues into the second round with the power play, especially, and they're not able to get their five on five scoring going, that could be an issue for me that, that I've seen. And, and we saw that mostly in, it was February, right, Chris, when the, the power play was just absolutely atrocious, could not get anything to save our lives. And then five on five, it was not helping us either. So if, if we see something like that in this round against the Kraken, that's something that the Kraken could kind of poke a hole in and uh, take advantage of. That's really interesting you mentioned that because I did not expect that answer at all. Um, as somebody who hasn't admittedly watched a ton of uh, Stars games throughout the season, but kind of just keeping an eye on things loosely, it's hard, man. Like you cover one specific team, you get kind of wrapped up in in their uh, in their season. But um, 100%. everything everything I'm reading going into this series, 
is all about like the power play and the special teams of the stars and the special teams of the cracking. Because if I had to pick one specific area where I'm like, let me circle this with the red pen. Like this is where I really start to get nervous. It's special teams. And I didn't know about uh, the stars being streaky because I'm looking at stats that I pulled up and it's like, the power play for uh, percentage for the stars, you know, was at right at 25% throughout the entire regular season and got even hotter um, in the playoffs, well, at least in the mm-hmm. first round. And that and they were fifth in the NHL. The Kraken were 21st. Um, we're at we were just beneath 20%. And in this in this last series against Colorado, I think we were like high 16%. I mean, it was bad. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was just not good. And then also talking about the PK. Um, y'all were third in the NHL throughout the entire season, like 83% and change. And we're also 21st in that category as well. Like our power play and our PK. And it is one of those things where um, at the end of January, things really turned around as far as our penalty kill is concerned. I know they were working on it a lot in practice. It kind of seems like they were figuring things out. Dave Haxtell, the head coach, was like moving some players around and doing some different things. Matty Beneers got a lot more involved in the PK and he's really developing as like, a real two-way player uh, as a kid who can like actually do it all, which is great. Um, but those are my big concerns for the Kraken is, is just the special teams because when it comes there, like when I'm looking at all the other stats, it's kind of nuts how like the Kraken and the stars are evenly matched in a lot of areas. But then I look at special teams, like it's literally like the opposite, like opposite ends of the spectrum with each other. And that's where I'm like, this is where we can get exploited. So, because, you know, if I had to look at like goalie play, um, is it ideal to have, you know, Grubauer, you know, versus Otter? Maybe not necessarily, but if he plays like he did it in the Colorado series, like he's going to give the Kraken a shot. But it, And we've seen him do that. Like he's demonstrated that he can do that against a team that, you know, everyone thought was, you know, going to wipe the freaking crack off the face of the earth. So it was one of those things where it was just like, I don't know. Like I, I've seen I've seen Grubauer be able to to do his thing and like, the proof is already kind of there. So hopefully he can carry it for us like that momentum forward. But the, the special teams that were just not there for the crack. And that's where I'm concerned. Well, let me, let me ask you this, because th- this is something we actually talked about. And just a second ago, as well as do you think that he just had a little bit of extra motivation since it was Colorado? And because th- we were wondering, I don't know. He's obviously not going to have that same motivation playing against the stars like he would against Colorado. And I know a lot of people say, Oh well, it's not really that big a deal. The professionals and stuff like that. But you, I mean, you have to admit, like Ottinger had a clear motivation when he was playing against Minnesota. That's the team that he grew up watching. He had his entire family there basically when he was the, at XL Energy Center. So, do you think that affects Grubauer and his stats won't be as good when he plays against the Stars? Because that's something that I'm actually really interested in your opinion on. I think. Um... So he hasn't really talked about this, but it's hockey and there's a lot of things that just aren't talked about like injuries. Um, so uh, I don't know. I do think it's something that, I mean, if I, this is a complete speculation here, I'm not like texting him right now. I'd be like, yo man, um, insider info. Yeah. Real insider info. <laughs> um, you know, I do think it's something that you think about, right? Like, I mean, they did, you know, ask him about playing his former team and like what it means to him and stuff like that. So obviously that's in the back of your mind. I mean, you know, he won a cup with them. So it's one of those things where like, that's definitely something that he was thinking about, but I don't know if that translates to extra motivation. I think, I don't know, like 
it was it was really weird because uh you know throughout throughout the regular season like call we played we the Seattle Kraken played Colorado three times they were two zero and one their one loss is in overtime every game was decided by one goal for whatever reason and so we had a so we had an interview with Piper Shaw who does a lot of uh, broadcasting for the Seattle Kraken and she also grew up in Minnesota so that's actually how I do know about like Minnesota high school hockey and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were kind of, this is like before the series even started. And we were like, who would you like to face in the playoffs? And she was like, I would like to face Colorado. And me and my co-host Jeff said the same thing. We're like, yeah, if we have to, you know, pick one out of like these three teams to play, who would it be? And we were like the abs because we've played them well all season. I don't know if it's a schematic thing or what the Kraken are really good on the road for some reason. And Piper was saying that uh, ball arena is the last arena that she's been to all year with the exception of Seattle, which, you know, I don't know if she's like being a homer there or what, but she tends to be pretty objective when it comes to that stuff. And she was, we were just talking about how the matchup was really good. So I don't know if it was an extra motivation for him, a, a motivation thing for him or what, but it just, I don't know. Things kind of all started clicking right at the right time. And honestly, like, the crack can give up a lot of like high danger chances, which which makes me really uncomfortable against a team like Dallas that has a lot of people that can score at will. Um, and you know, Colorado had a lot of those opportunities as well. And for whatever reason, Grubauer is able to stop them. But um, our defense, I feel like, has also been really sneaky good. Like we have a lot of guys that can step up and make plays, and that's made Grubauer's job a lot easier. I mean, there was periods throughout the last series where like uh, there there's like an entire period of actual play where like he was just kind of chilling in the back of the net and the Kraken were just like consistently on the attack, consistently like being consistent with the four check, putting a ton of pressure on and it makes his job a lot easier. So when he has to step up and make a play, he can do that. Now, whether or not we can do that against Dallas, is like a whole nother question. And uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned the, the defense because uh, Dallas fans, we love Jamie Alexiak. We, <laughs> to, yes. this, to this to this day to this day i still wish we could have held on to him but <laughs> you guys got a a fantastic player he, he's got some intangibles that i still wish we had on on this team but i mean the reason why we have ryan Suter is because uh jamie alexiak left left the team and went to seattle and, and joined mm-hmm. seattle but uh for the for the stars on defense uh, you, you talked about a polarizing figure with uh, with Gruby. Uh, yeah. For us, it's Ryan Suter. <laughs> but the the thing is, is there with, with this series, I think a lot of Stars fans felt bad for him because he was getting so much crap from the Minnesota fan base. So the, so we kind of took a step back a little bit from the rest of the season, where I mean, we were on him constantly. Just no, he, Suter did this, Suter did that, Suter blah blah blah, and it kind of disappeared in the first round series, but. It was partly because we felt bad for him, but he played excellent in in the first round series against the Minnesota Wild. He he was one of our best defensemen, and uh, we couldn't say that for a majority of the regular season because he's just a step slower and he's getting older. And you know, sometimes he's a bit of a defensive defensive deficiency. Sorry, that's hard to say. But um. What I wanted to ask you about was uh, the season that Vince Dunn had, because yes. I, I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. Because, I mean, last year, like you said, it was it was very much you know they they had a really bad season. I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were last year. I thought they were at least going to be like you know 
looking for a playoff spot. But then Vince Dunn, uh, former St. Louis Blue, that's that's kind of how we're familiar with him. He kind of <laughs> yeah. came out of nowhere. Uh, he's had like, what, 70, 80 points this season? But uh, what's something that maybe we should be looking out for with Vince Dunn's play? Because I think he's going to have more of an effect on this series than I think a lot of Stars fans realize. Man, if Jeff were here right now, he would be eating this up. He has like this weird intuition. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because like he's been watching hockey his whole life. Like he grew up in Detroit and like has been watching it since he was a freaking toddler. But he just he latched onto him because so we launched our podcast with the launch of like the Seattle Kraken the organization. And for whatever reason, it's not like he had a really good year last year, but Jeff latched on to Vince Dunn. He's like, this is my guy. This is my favorite player. I love this kid. And I remember like looking up highlights and stuff from him and I'm like, Oh, he's kind of gritty. Like he's not afraid to fight people. Like there was like a highlight I saw of him like fighting somebody in a tunnel. <laughs> What's like, what's this guy doing? Um, his breakout season has been crazy. And the weird part is like about like how that whole kind of transformation happened. It's like, he just kind of put in the work. I mean, he was always like during the off season, he was just consistently working out and just kind of took things very seriously. He's going to get paid. Um, and yeah, he was second among uh, all the, all the uh, players for the Seattle crack in terms of points this year. Didn't really do a ton in the avalanche series, which is why I'm kind of waiting to see what happens against the stars. I think he had one goal finally in game six when, I mean, we scored the first goal because we scored first in, in all seven games, which is also kind of insane. Um, but he had a goal that game, but aside from that, he's been kind of quiet, but that's, that's honestly what I have really enjoyed about this team so much. It's that there are so many guys that I gravitate towards and I really like their style of play, but for whatever reason, they either like have showed up or have not showed up so far. And I'm curious to see how that goes against the stars. Like Bjork strand, for example, Oliver Bjork strand, you know, comes over from Columbus uh, after they signed Johnny hockey, they have to shed some cap space. Ron Francis brings him in. It's a great deal. I'm like, Oh, I fall in love with this guy immediately. Like he's, you know, he's, he's a class act. He's got like the otter thing where like after you know, every interview, he's like thanking his teammates and stuff like that. And he had a decent season, but it wasn't that good because we also brought in Andre Burakovsky, who like excelled with the crack when he was healthy. He gets hurt at the end of the season. He's not going to be back for this series. Um, like, yeah, he's they projected him like mid-March, and then he got hurt again. So, anyways, um, the whole Vince Dunn thing, I don't know, man. Like, he just he really stepped his game up, uh, and and he became one of the most value, valuable members of the team. And I think there's gonna be guys like him, guys like Will Borgen who's really young, but is like a pretty tough, kind of a big defenseman who does a lot. Big rig, like you mentioned, he had a hell of a series against the Avalanche for some reason. I feel like he didn't get his flowers. I have no idea why, but he had a hell of a goal uh, in one of the games. But his defense was just solid, and it was really great to see him play because I just like him so much. So I do think that's the reason why I've enjoyed this team so much because they're just guys that consistently step up. And like I, like I was mentioning about the series against Colorado, um, Bjork strand, you know, really didn't do anything. Couldn't get things going. Um, at the end of the series, we had 15 different players that scored a goal, which led the NHL, um, in, you know, in that uh, particular category. But then you see Bjork strand go off in game seven. He has two goals. Uh, three of them hit the post. He was close, like a six. I'm like, it, I mean, he was just going off and I'm like, this is the guy, um, you know, and he was feeling it. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, we do have players that can kind of take over, but we don't necessarily have superstars uh, like the Dallas Stars do. We just have a ton of role players and a ton of depth, which is kind of ironic because if you look at 
how everyone's already talking about this series. And I'm guessing like this will all be released tomorrow, which which means that tonight when everybody's hearing this is, you know, when the game is going to game one will be. Um, it's like the same thing that everyone said about um, Seattle versus Colorado. It's like depth versus, you know, stars. And it's like, are we going to be able uh, you know, to handle that. And, you know, projections are very highly in favor of Dallas and I understand it. So. Yeah. So my question for overall, what do you think Seattle has to do to beat the Dallas stars? Cause I'm going to be honest. We were pretty high on the stars here. I, I gave the stars five games to take the down the series. Ryan gave them six. Damn. So, five, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what's it going to take for the Seattle Kraken? Over five, man. Come on. We'll like just that. beat Colorado in seven. Give us every one game seven that's, on the road. That's kind of why I gave you six instead of five is because y'all beat Colorado like that. So, Oh, but, man. I'm yeah. going to listen. This is the crazy part. And I feel like some unintentional Oracle because before the series against Colorado, uh, we did a podcast with these uh, guys, the Hockey Podcast Network over at Teledabs. It is. And we were also discussing predictions. I said, crack it in seven. And they were like, you're out of your mind. And now I look like a genius. So <laughs> nice. I, might, I might be peaking. Who knows? Um, no, I, you know what? Honestly, like I'm going to have to be uh, Ted Lasso over here and just believe it. I'm going to say crack it in seven. Like I, I have to keep rolling with my boys. I can't pick against them, um, you know. Not after taking Colorado to seven games then and then winning that series. I just can't I can't do it. Um, do I understand why people are like Dallas and five or Dallas and six? Absolutely. Especially considering y'all have two extra days of rest. Like that is that is you because that, that that series with Colorado was was pretty physical. Um, and so it's just one of those things where like we're really beat up. Uh, like I said, we're not getting Burakovsky back anytime soon. He's definitely not playing in this series. Uh, Jared McCann for game seven, and he was our top goal scorer. He had 40 goals on the season. Uh, he was taken out by the hit and kill McCarr. I think it was game three, maybe four. I don't he know. He still that hasn't come back. He still hasn't come back. Well, he, mm. listen, if I had to guess, like everyone plays doctor, right? Like when you watch it and you're on Twitter, you're like, oh, he has a concussion. And it looked like that kind of was the case, but he did not travel with the team to Colorado for game seven. So I would be shocked if he shows up for game one or game two. I don't think he's with the team at all. It sounds like he's probably still resting in Seattle. If I had to make some kind of a prediction, I would say that maybe he comes back for game three when they're back home so he can just take more time to rest. So I really don't know, man. I, I, I totally get why um, why y'all are taking. I mean, obviously your team, I get that, but but five and six, I mean, it makes sense. And I kind of have to go back because I'm, I'm genuinely curious about this. I'm kind of going back here for a second. You said Ryan Suter was like your guy that's polarizing for your team. And I know why Gruby was polarizing for us. Like he had all that success um, with Colorado, obviously the crack can become an organization. We decided to bring him in give him a huge contract. Then he had like an abysmal year, but it was one of those things again, where the team was so bad that I feel like a lot of the blame fell on his shoulders. But when you're making that much money, like it kind of comes, I don't know that responsibility kind of comes with it. Why is this guy a polarizing figure for uh, for Dallas fans? And also, is it a thing where it's like no one can call my baby ugly but me kind of a situation? Like when Minnesota starts jumping on me, you're like, whoa, 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 dude, this is what we do. Like you don't get to do this. Yeah, that was absolutely the case. I mean, <laughs> as soon there's, as a, there's a little bit Suter, of that in there. Now we love Suter. But I, I think the main reason that we didn't like Suter throughout the regular season or that a lot of Stars fans didn't was just it, his – play was not very consistent. I mean, from game to game, you could go from 
guy who's making great defensive plays, getting out of his zone easily, making easy passes for his teammates to start going the other way. And then the next game, he's passing his problem along, making weak checks, not not making the correct decisions with the puck in his own end. Um, but throughout the playoffs so far, I mean, we've seen a different Ryan Suter. I mean, it, the guy obviously is hunting for a cup, and I think he's just gone into a different gear into his mind, and he is just on top of everything. I don't know if I've seen him make specifically a bad defensive play or a bad pass, and we had definitely seen that throughout the regular season. But, I mean, it got so bad for some Stars fans, they were calling for Suter to be out of the lineup completely. They wanted healthy scratch him and even put in Harley and, wow. uh, and Hanley over him. So, yeah, it's a big polarizing figure for Stars fans, but this last series definitely brought him a little bit closer to our hearts. And I think with with Ryan Suter as well, it's a little bit unfair to him because because and again, this is a Jamie Alexiak thing. Uh, Jamie Alexiak left a big hole. Um, he was a huge instrumental part when the Stars went to the Stanley Cup final in the bubble. He was absolutely enormous. And when he came along, he got he three and a half million dollars, three and something around there, three to four million, and. He, at this point in his career, as a 38-year-old, he, he's used to playing, you know, 25, 26, 27 minutes a night, and he's not that anymore. But the thing is, is that he's still being asked, even right now, to be a top-four defenseman for the Dallas Stars. So, And we view him as a very good, very solid bottom-pairing defenseman, kind of like a Mark Giordano for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Exactly who I was thinking of as you, when you said the age, like I didn't realize that he was as old as Gio. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing that it's unfair to him in a way. Yes. He, we are asking him to fulfill this role. He should be able to fulfill this role, but he should not be in this role. He should be not in the top four, but that's just what we have right now. And he's, he's important and he has to be able to play that. Because otherwise, the, the stars again. That's kind of the clink in the armor that the Seattle Kraken can kind of take advantage of. Is if if Suter has a a rough game, or someone on our defense has a rough game, then that's that's an area that I'd be concerned with. Yeah, and our other brother James is especially worried about it with the Seattle Kraken here. Um, the Minnesota Wild are not really the quickest team. I would say that were in the playoffs. They were very big, very physical. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Suter didn't have a lot of trouble with that. But the speed that the Kraken have around the edge, that can really burn Ryan Suter. We've seen that multiple times, just guys taking the edge on him, going straight to the net. That's something to really look for. Um, and you should also be looking for Suter playing way back. He, he's not going to pinch very often in, in the <laughs> offensive zone because he doesn't have the speed to get back. So something that James mentioned in our podcast. What's um, Now I'm genuinely curious to hear what both of you have to say. Maybe your answer will be different. Who is the one Dallas star that you would say is going to piss off Seattle Kraken fans the most in the series? Oh, like if there's one guy, whether whether that's play or just like when I say play, I mean like they're like physically really good Kraken, like, uh, like, uh, like Rantanen for Colorado. He had like seven goals throughout the series. And I was like, come on, man. Like there was nothing we could do to stop him, but he wasn't the guy that we ended up, like hating throughout the series and it being Kale McCarr because of the hit on Jared McCann. Then obviously we had the play where Jordan Eberle uh, boards Cogliano and he ends up fracturing his neck. So it's like, Oh my God. Um, but is there a specific player that you guys can think of that, whether it's style, I guess style of play is a better way of putting it. But one guy that you're like, this guy can get under like some people's skins and uh Kraken fans are going to be like, irate at this person. Yeah. 
I would be, I would be wrong if I didn't say Jamie Ben. I mean, that's <laughs> the so guy. Good. I had him on my fantasy team. I was like, man, this guy's crushing. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic this season. I mean, offensively, he really showed back up. But even when he had a bad th- three years, the past three years, he was not very good until this season. We actually called it the Renaissance, the rebirth of Jamie <laughs> Ben. Um, his physicality after the whistles, just the little stuff they does. I mean, he got suspended for one game a few seasons ago for spraying water at somebody. I mean, he just loves the little chippy Wait, like stuff. Like out of his mouth? Like did he like was taking a drink of water, like spit it at somebody? No, no, he, no, just, he just sprayed, sprayed water. Somebody, just yeah. sprayed water at somebody. Like a roll. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly. No, that's a good. That is like exactly a good point. He loves the the stupid little place like that. And like when when uh, when the, the the other team may be like all hacked off at what he's doing and stuff like that you just watch his face and he is just beaming like the, yeah. from ear to ear like the uh, what was that Ch- that chester cat, from, like, cat. yeah the, by the way yeah from- you just described yanni gourd so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, I will go a different direction ja- uh chris is right chris is right jamie ben is going to be the one that kind of hacks everybody off but if you look from a strictly skill perspective um I can't pick one, so I'm just going to say both of them. Rope Hints and uh, Mira Haskinen is mm. Haskinen is very secretly good offensively. He doesn't get a lot of the accolades that he probably deserves. But what's going to hack off a lot of Kraken fans, and I guarantee you, is is going to be his defensive play. He is, and 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 this is probably because he plays in Dallas. I believe that he is the best all around defenseman in the NHL. And that's, and I'm not trying to be Homer here or anything like that. When you look at the way that he plays both offensively, how important he is on the power play and how much time he eats up and how good he, like he never makes a mistake. Like if he makes a mistake, it's noteworthy. And like, I write it down in my notes while I'm watching the game because it never happens. You never see him make a mistake. So that's, and that's something that's going to really frustrate Kraken fans. And then with Robe Hens, it's just his speed is ridiculous. Oh, the skill is insane. The, yeah. His, his speed rivals Connor McDavid. And, and I'm not afraid or abashed to, to say that because of the, and he, and he, he made a play on former Dallas star, John Klingberg, in game seven, where Lovely, yeah, yeah, and it just always oh, a game six. I said game seven, sorry. He he digged the crap out of John Klingberg, completely undressed him. It, it was it was disgusting. So that's going to be, I think, frustrating for Kraken fans is to watch how well Miro Heiskanen plays defensively and then just how much skill Robe Hintz has. And this guy went in the second round, he didn't get picked in the first round, he got picked in the second round. Yeah, and if you go back and look at the wild series, too. The Wilds' top line was shut down. It was non-existent. I mean, the big storyline was Kaprizov had one point. There's a reason for that, and his name is Miro Heiskanen. I mean, that, you're going to look up at the score at the leaderboards, and you'll be like, where did XYZ player go? It's because Miro Heiskanen was all over him the entire time. That's such an interesting pick because, honestly, and, and again, like I'm, I, I don't know – anything about the stars um you know relative to what y'all know i just did not expect like hayskin to be the pick like rupe and uh like like jason robertson like i was like those are the guys that everyone talks about but yeah it sounds like there's other guys in your team that we have to keep an eye out for if i have to pick somebody uh that's really going to piss y'all off it's obviously yanni gord i mean everything you were describing about no surprise no starting, surprise you know <laughs> starting stuff on the ice but like having a giant smile on his face like you mentioned like the cheshire cat 
That's literally a, a nickname that we have given to Yanni Gore because he's the same. Oh, really? way. I, mean, I did not know that. I swear. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. We've given him that nickname because, you know, he's really undersized and he does not care. Um, he will happily uh, poke quite literally at somebody that's six inches taller than him and try to get them to take a <laughs> swing. And the whole time they're doing that or like putting him in the headbutt or like looking at the refs, like, is this guy joking right now? Like, what is this guy doing? He just got a smile on his face because the entire time, um, you know, and it's all about on ice stuff because, you know, when the game's over, you know, he's like shaking hands and doing the whole thing. I mean, the guy won a cup with Tampa Bay. This is how he's always been. Um, he's just that kind of player. I love him on my team, but if he was not on my team, he would be incredibly, uh, incredibly frustrating. And also Brandon Tanev. Uh, Turbo is just a guy that, um, again, if I had to play against him, he would drive me insane because he just has a motor that is nonstop. And the guy is always going 110%, which is crazy because last year, I think it was his ACL that he got blown out. Mm -hmm. And anyways, he does not skate like it. Like you would never be able to tell. And again, undersized, but not afraid of anybody. And he's very quick to, uh, to get in someone's face and try to, and try to start some stuff. And he's just a guy. And it was funny because I was talking about this with the, with the boys that covered the abs. And um, we were talking about players that, that, you know, they're kind of looking out for in the series. And I think it was by game three. They're like, I saw them like, tweeting about how much they hated like Brandon Tanev already <laughs> because of like how much he was like trying to get under the skin of abs players and how he's always somewhere um, you know, he's always all over the ice. And so I'm like, yeah, he's just one of those guys, man. I got a polarizing guy, but glad to have him on my team. Um, but would definitely irk some irk some others. So yeah, Dallas Stars fans will probably not like those guys too much. A player like a like a Jordan Eberlake, like what happened to Cogliano in in, uh, in the last series, honestly, like freak accident. I mean, like the guy's head's down, he's against the board, he's looking at the puck, everybody's trying to play the puck. He's never been a dirty player or anything like that. Um, so that's not, you know, the something might happen along the series where like, you know, stars fans might boo a player, but like in terms of actually being like, Oh, screw this guy. Yeah. Those are two of my top picks. Yeah. And that's what I think most of the league has seen too. I mean, just from listening to other podcasts, reading other stuff, no, no one really thinks that Jordan Everly was trying to do anything. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. Even like the car thing was weird, but that, that whole play, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but that whole play was weird because like the puck was so clearly nowhere near Jared McCann and he had completely let up. You could tell by his body like he stood completely up. Like he's not skating fast. He's trying to turn around and then just gets laid out into the boards. But you know, one guy broke his neck and the other guy didn't. So there's also right. that. Right? So it's like, what, what well, are you going to do? And that's where the NHL, you know, officiating in the, the NHL, like the player safety office, they're just not consistent because if they are going off injuries and they are reviewing stuff, Everly should have been given a game. Like he should have been removed from game seven, yeah. but, and that's, you know, as a Kraken fan, I'm just like, come on, man. Like I know it was a freak accident, but there's no way he should have skated in game seven. Not that he had an impact really on that game, but it was still one of those things where I'm just like, these things happen. Yeah. yeah. We, we, exactly, I think we've talked enough about player safety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, the, and, and I'll just briefly mention it is that the whole Pavelski hit, I, 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 I could see how people could say, no, it wasn't a, a head hit. Regardless of whether it was a hit to the head, it was still late. He's Matt Dumba still left his feet, and we were really still frustrated about it and all of that. But 
Well, we, we could talk about that for like hours here. I'm not going to lie. That. I only saw like one replay of it. So I was going to ask y'all about that really quickly because I know that Pavelski's back for the series though, right? I saw that he was expected to skate in game one. Officially no. in game one, according okay, to uh, a couple, couple different people. Okay. Yeah, I was really hoping that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I was hoping the same thing for McCann. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we well, were, yeah. be, I think you're going to get at least two games without McCann. So there you go. And by the way, McCann didn't do much in the Colorado series either. Like we were trying to start to get him going. And we're creating some plays, especially like off the face off to where we can get him, you know, start putting some shots on net. And then that's when he got injured. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. It helps when you have a a 40 goal scorer who's able to hit the ice for you. But uh, I don't know, man, the Kraken just have a a lot of guys like Ty Cartier. We just called up from AHL, who was like the player of the year sensation. Yeah, the rookie (laughs) comes in and like immediately gets a goal. I'm like, what is going on? So. It really is like a next man up mentality. So the Kraken just have to keep playing like that, I guess. I'm really curious about one player in particular because I listen to uh, 32 Thoughts, the podcast a lot. And Jeff Merrick sings the praises of Daniel Sprong. Yes. And and so I wanted to ask you about Daniel Sprong because when when you look at the ends of series – you look at those guys that are not necessarily the top end guys who just get that one goal that everybody remembers. Like for us, for, for Dallas fans, it's actually against the avalanche. It's Yoel Kiviranta gets a hat trick out of nowhere in the bubble playoffs. (laughs) And like, now he's like in, in infamy with the Colorado avalanche. And then he will live on through the rest of everybody's lives in Dallas stars fandom. So can can you explain why Jeff Merrick like loves Daniel Sprong? Because I could see maybe Daniel Sprong being somebody similar like that, where he just has a big goal at the right time. He's not necessarily the best player, but he can be that impact player at the right time. Oh man, a couple of things. One, his name is just awesome. Like calling him <laughs> Sponger, or I, I think it was Everett Fitzhugh who does the radio. Uh, calls for the Kraken games. His tagline was ding dong, Daniel Sprong. Like whenever he scores a goal, that's his tagline, which I'm just a huge fan of. Um, no. So he's a guy that I fell in love with last year because the Kraken, the Kraken get him. And I remember it was a game that we had against Anaheim and he gets the puck uh, deep in our own zone and he goes end to end and just outskates everyone on the ice. And I don't think he even scored on that play, but I was like, holy crap, man, this guy's like hustle and his motor is just next level. And with him, it's just not something that you can teach. It's like you either have this gear in you or you don't. And he just has this extra gear in him. It's very similar to like a, like a Brandon Tanev where like they just have this extra kind of notch that they can kind of dial into whenever they want. And he kind of seems like he's able to do it at times in games, like other people on the ice, like aren't able to do that. Maybe they're a little tired and then whatever, like need to get off the ice for a shift change and, uh, and Spronger is just able to do that. He has been really clutch for the Kraken. Like he is one of those guys that he will get a goal or two out of nowhere. And you see him all over the ice. I'm like, wait, no one's even talking about this guy. You know, how is, you know, how is Daniel freaking Sprong going off on our team right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have that ability. I love him. Um, he's also a guy that the Kraken fan base absolutely loves too. I think he's on a one-year two-way deal. Like, for some reason, two way deal. I, I, I'm, 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 I might be wrong on that. Now, I want to say again, it's also been a really long day. But um, I, I would be shocked if he was I, on two way. I gotta deal. double check that. that. Blew my mind. Daniel Sprong contract. No, so I know that it is a that it is a one year deal. 
Um, let's see. I guarantee I'm going to salary one year, 750 K. Yeah. I can't see any other information on it, but anyways, um, but he is on a one-year deal and he's played so well for the crack and that he's a guy that, that, that you mentioned the podcast that you listen to, but the, the fan base has fallen in love for all those same reasons. And every time he does something like that and he's so freaking cheap, we're just like, dude, give this guy a multi-year deal already. Like he's not going to cost you a ton of money. Like he's just like, he is the quintessential like glue guy of the team. Like he is a guy that you love to have on your roster because you know, he's going to come in and then, you know, third, fourth line, whatever, but he's going to produce. He's going to skate really, really hard, and he's going to make plays. The one area where it is an issue with him is his defensive. Like he's a defensive liability, and Dave Haxtell has been open about um, Daniel Sprong's uh, defensive liability. And, uh, in fact, I think it was game four in Seattle where – Colorado was about to go on a breakaway, but Spronger was like actually in a good position to defend it. And then just like out of nowhere, like completely blew a tire, like just fell down on the ice. No one was around him. And Colorado just skates right past him and scores a goal. And we're all just looking at each other like, this is kind of, you know, these are the things that might happen with him when he's on the ice. But it's like, I don't know. It's like a high risk, high reward type of player. So we were all joking around that. Uh, Dave Haxel was going to healthy scratch him for the next game because he's so over um, like his <laughs> inability to play really good defense. But to our surprise, he didn't. And he played pretty well. You know, nothing he, uh, he really did against Colorado stood out. But yeah, he's a he's just an awesome glue guy, somebody that you just love to have on your team. So, yeah, that's a good call on that one. It sounds like that's kind of like the identity of the Kraken as a whole. I mean, you're like, who the heck is that guy? And then he's playing outstanding, but they have those up and down the lineup. I mean, like you mentioned, there's not one superstar, but all these guys are very solid hockey players and they are coming together to play a, a great team game is really what it was. And especially in the playoffs, they weren't the best defensive team all season, but they go and shut down. Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche and a two to one game. They close it down that closed down in the third period with a one goal lead. I mean, that was unbelievable. It was fantastic. And it just felt like that was a full team effort, everyone coming together. And then of course, some great play by, by Groovy. And I think this really kind of gets down to, to, to the end of it here. And I, I think we should close it up here. Cause I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, I'm getting tired. No, I'm but, with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's getting, it's getting like, we're all in the central time zone. So it's like 11 o'clock right now uh, at the time we're recording this, but I think probably the biggest question that I've seen, and I think it's probably true, is how are the stars going to handle the depth of the Seattle cracking? Because, like, like we mentioned several times already, and like Chris was just mentioning, it made me think about it. It's like the the depth of the Seattle Kraken is is very good. They can roll four lines, and that's something that uh, Dallas is very good at doing as well. Um, we did not see that against the Minnesota Wild. They had pretty much one, maybe two lines that could score goals, and then they had Ryan Reeves, which Ryan Reeves is just a vegetable and does not do anything other than just randomly hit people. So Mm -hmm. he brings nothing to his team. So that's not the case with the Seattle Kraken, in my own opinion. So I think it's going to be just a test of depth. Is Dallas going to be able to handle the depth of the Kraken and then you could flip it the other way and say, is Seattle going to be able to handle the depth of the stars? And I think that might be the defining uh, kind of moment for this whole series and which way it might go. I could not agree with that anymore. I mean, it's so it's weird. It's almost like a carbon copy of like all the reports I was reading for Seattle versus Colorado. Um, 
And that's how I felt. And, you know, for whatever reason, like you mentioned how, you know, they have a bunch of guys that kind of came together. I think like the, the TNT broadcast was like, you know, you have these guys that were like considered throwaways by other teams. They put together their team for one season. You know, they get Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky in the off season and things start to click. And then, you know, oh, you do things like, oh, I don't know, uh, Ellie uh, Tolvanen that we call Golvenen is just, you know, Nashville decides to just put him on waivers. The guy was a first round pick like three years ago. And now we bring him into Seattle and the guy's putting up crazy numbers. And it's like, okay, like we're able to start figuring some things out. So, yeah, we were able to hold the bottom lines for Colorado to almost non-existent. I mean, that was really the biggest thing. I mean, if McKinnon, Rantan, and McCarr were not on the ice, they were screwed. Like the one game that McCarr was out, like Colorado looked like they, I mean, like we won that game. They looked like a completely different team. There was nothing that they could do. And you mentioned, I think it was Rupe, like his, his speed. That's going to be the biggest thing that I keep an eye out for because as somebody that just watched seven games of uh, Nathan McKinnon, um, it was both <laughs> thrilling and also traumatizing at the same time because, I mean, God, I mean, the guy is just unstoppable. And I do think that the Kraken, you know, skate with a good amount of speed. But when you got a guy like that and you were comparing his, uh, his, uh, his speed to almost like a, like a McDavid, that's scary stuff for us because I watched – I watched Nathan McKinnon, one goal that he had, I think it was in game three, where he literally danced around our entire fourth line for like 30 seconds and kept the puck to himself and then put the shot on net, gets a goal and just skates away. I'm like, the ability for some players to do stuff like that um, is, is kind of scary because we don't have a guy like that on, on our team. So it's like, how are we going to schematically game plan to stop guys like that? But when that, you know, but when you start focusing on that, like there's other, you know, other players that you mentioned that have the ability to step it up. And that's where, I think the difference is going to be that in special teams. So we'll see how that goes. Well, man, uh, Joey, I appreciate this, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank, thanks for for reaching out and uh, kind of encouraging us to do this. I, I, I had a blast, and uh, I, I can't speak for Chris because he thinks I'm an idiot and always says my takes are wrong 100%. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. He just picked, he just picked the, the stars in five. I think that's highly disrespectful, so we'll see. <laughs> I'll accept that. That is extremely disrespectful. <laughs> All right. Well, Joey, thanks again for uh, for doing this with us and uh, for encouraging us again. Thanks, man. All right. Once again, thank you to uh, Ryan and Chris from the Starcastic Remarks podcast um, and and talking about the stars and also to disrespect Joey. Seriously, stars and five. Well, we've been there before, dude. These fucking kids. This we. This is what's great. I say that with respect. They're nice guys. Like, like chant like, like the stars and em- five. No, I'm I'm like the emperor in in Empire Strikes Back. Palpatine. Yeah, pa- I'm like Palpatine. I'm yeah. like zapping. Oh, their dude, energy. you got like the hood down. It's like oh, I'm electrocuting yeah. them, like, taking their energy. Fuck yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so and, but. Okay, so thank you too, by by the way, for staying up late on Monday night Not to record it with those guys. No problem. But you, your coffee's kicking in, so you're good. Hey, I'm good to go now. So you know that's fine. I get it. They're homers. They're going to be homers. They they also every go ahead. Everyone continue to yeah. overlook this team. Yeah, we'll absorb that energy and just absolutely put it into a guy in our third or fourth line who would just kill you with a snipe. And you're like, where'd this guy come from? It's like this is what we do to you. You want us to release Golvin in on you? Like we'll do it. I I was hoping that you playing the. Star Stars who are in the central time zone, same as us yes. in Louisiana, that we would get some earlier games. But mm-hmm. man, no. I've got to tell you is... 8.30 puck drop, which really means 9. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this midnight game ending thing is just yeah. crushing me. Dude, but death taxes and hockey not starting on time. I quickly learned that about 
playoff hockey. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. They got to fit in these overtime games. All right, so real quick, let's talk about the rest of the matchups going on. The okay. other Western yes, Western please. matchup yes. is the is the Edmonton Oilers yes. and the Golden Knights. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a series. I'm still taking Edmonton to win it. Um, not because I also hate the hate, hate Las Vegas, but I just think that the power and the depth of Edmonton is going to overwhelm Las Vegas. That's how, that's where I'm coming from. Like, I'm just not going to bet against McDavid until I get proven otherwise. I think Edmonton, I'm sorry. I think the golden Knights mm-hmm. are more of what the Avs are, were last year. Okay. They've got depth. Yes. They've got their guys back. Uh-huh. They've got a good story in their goaltending with yeah. the the young guy. And then they've got uh, Jonathan Quick. Yes. You know, the Kings thing, that they, sort of stuff. They managed to cheat the salary cap against. Exactly. They brought on like four dudes. Mark and now, Stone, now they're like 20 million over. And it Eichel's doesn't matter. first uh, playoff run ever. <laughs> yes. Right. So they yeah. have that. But... His fused neck, just skating around, scoring <laughs> goals. I, I did. I'm, I'm. I did pick the Oilers, but uh, yeah, I'm starting too. to talk myself out of that. I think, honestly, I think I'm talking myself out of this. I'm going against my 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 bracket. I pick. think that series is going seven. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a battle. I'm still sticking with Edmonton, but that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm going to say Golden Knights in six. I think they. I think wow. The you know wow. I think they, and I think Seattle. I and I'm I'm. Aiming for a Seattle, Las Vegas, Western Conference final. I don't want that. I want it. I don't. I want that a thousand percent because the mm, story. I fucking hate that. We so have expansion. Much. To, right. And with the hate and the disrespect. Yeah. And everybody's going to be like, oh, the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights, they're doing it again. Da, 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 da. And then I'd they, rather Edmonton because I want to I want to make McDavid actually feel feelings and pretend like he's not a robot for two seconds. I want to watch that little motherfucker cry. <laughs> So I want to watch him cry like, oh, my God, I was so close. What's your what's your pick? Tell us about that. Now, on the Eastern Conference side, we've got the Devils who just won last night. Yeah, they mopped the floor well, minus the hit by Jacob Truba. Holy shit. By the way, clean struck hit by Truba. It was clean. Oh, but my God. Womp, womp. Coming uh, through. <laughs> the Rangers like, OK, where was that passion all series long? Like he's pissed that they're losing. But like, first of all, I don't know if you watched any of that series, but Shesterkin is so mad yes. at his team for mm-hmm. sucking and not scoring and not controlling because he he stood on his head. Yeah, he did his best, and he was in game five. He yes. was he willed them to win game six. Yes, yeah, because he was so pissed. He was putting shots on net. He was yelling at his bench. Yeah, so Shesterkin got hosed because that Rangers team. I mean, I get it. They put in. You know, you got uh, Patrick Kane coming to a new team. You got, um, uh, what's his name from the blues that came over? Uh, uh, oh, fuck. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm Tarasenko. Still, Tarasenko. There Tarasenko you know. comes over. So you after got complaining for years. Lots of pieces coming over. So it's new. It's fresh. The chemistry wasn't there. So I do. But but the effort last night getting shut out for nothing. Like they played with yeah. zero desperation. It was None. sad. So the Devils, Devils and the Canes. are young and they're good, man. Like that's a team. And Hurricanes was, and five. Yeah. And that was really hard for me to pick. And also my bracket is so bust. And I don't give a fuck because the Kraken ended up moving on That's to the true. next round anyway so like i forgot who it was but someone's like dude like your brackets bust like you pick boston move on i was like dude i don't care i'm like seattle would like beat colorado like that bracket is i'm on my on my mind right now but i did pick the rangers because my first ever nhl game um was at was at the freaking garden rangers against toronto two original six teams going at it and i gotta see igor in person and it was awesome i was like okay i can kind of root for the rangers so i took them they end up getting beat it is what it is yeah, it, uh, I think. What's your pick for the Kings Devils series? We have to go Devils. Hmm. In yeah, uh, give me six. Okay. Yeah. All Who right. are you thinking? I said Kings in five. 
Damn, Canes in five? Nobody respects the Hurricanes. Super good. Yeah. Oh, you mean the Great team, team? You mean the team that Ron built? Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. There's that storyline too. There's that storyline too. What if there's yeah. a finals matchup there? Well, Canes. What would Ronnie do? Just oh, right. build championship contenders. Um, the Hurricanes are just really good. By the way, I forgot. And nobody to, talks about them. I forgot to ask this question. I'm going to throw it back here for a second. Seattle beating the Avalanche and moving on. Is that just revenge? for the guy that pushed your wife down off the scooter when you were in Denver. Yes. It all started in that moment. Yeah, dude. Think about that. It all started that, that, that old dude. What if you were bulletin board material my wife. for the Seattle crack? And when you were in Denver, so people that Man. are listening to the podcast, don't know what we're talking about. You were in Denver. Well, being a tourist slash amazing husband, you and your wife walking around, having some wine, riding scooters, and some dude comes out of nowhere and like decks your wife with the shoulder on the sidewalk, and you're ready to throw down. Now, just you know, you're, you're like Yanni Gord. You're like you're ready to go. Oh yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. Well, because we had, we were we were you know they were walking on the they were com- they came out of a door uh-huh. as we were we we were on a sidewalk. Which there's that you did mention the wine thing, but <laughs> we were on a sidewalk because we didn't want to be in this crazy busy stretch of street. Yeah, so we yeah. respectfully were like on the edge of the sidewalk. Yeah, you're in the heart of downtown. This guy ran out of a store. Basically, he's like a 65 year old man, yeah. and he sh- he kind of put his shoulder into my wife. Yeah, he know he did. He didn't see me behind her, and yeah. I and I stopped. I was like, what the fuck yeah, are you no. doing? He, like, tried to, he tried to kill. Out. He tried to kill Macar, your wife, when she's letting up and not paying attention, and then you're there and you're trying to defend your team. And his wife's like, we got, we're sorry, we're sorry, sorry, and he was like. Argh. Anyway, okay. All right. So uh, you're right. So we we back it all the Kraken comes full circle. All and they know the they know the Kraken pod behind them. Yeah. And you're right. They did have that on the board. And I brought board. the good energy because the next weekend, because you left your sunglasses in Denver, and guess who was in Denver the next weekend? I went back to the bar that you were like having tapas or whatever Joey. the fuck you guys were doing. And guess who got your sunglasses? To this day, <laughs> the only I've lost two other pairs. They're the only pair that I have not lost. <laughs> You you actively tried to lose. Like them. how weird is that? We yeah. had some. I'm telling. No, th- it was weird. This is a story team. We need a story against the stars <laughs> immediately. That's what I'm yeah. saying. All right. So uh, the un- we didn't talk at all about Boston's epic choke. You've yes. got the other series, yeah. which is the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and they are playing the. Uh, Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers who beat. And what did I say? What did I say? Not the. I didn't predict them to lose the Panthers. No, you did not. But I did say what? You said not win the cup. They you would said, not you win said the peak cup. Peak too early. Yeah. They they did. Yeah. And they did. They they they. I don't know why they rode Allmark. Because they came out. Yeah, by the way, why did that happen? I was really confused about why that move happened. Like, Something there was, there we was don't a scratch know. in game seven, right? And that's why he had to come out and play. Like, what was the deal there? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But there was yeah. he was dealing with an injury, according to uh, the Bruins now, after the fact. Mm. And they're making excuses. I'm going to say this. A, it wasn't a case like, uh, what was his name for Colorado Avalanche? Like, having some girl in his room and it got weird. And there was, like, substances involved. And that's why he didn't play in the series. Yes. Yeah. That's messed up. Chuskin? Yeah, and the Chuskin was... Dude, I had a bunch of Az fans texting me like, this guy's a known alcoholic. Like, really? he always does shady shit. They're asking me like, was it a hooker? I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know I mean, any. How infor- would you know? Yeah, I don't know any information. All I know is the incident went down at like two thirty in the fucking afternoon at the Four Seasons. I'm like, dude, what are you doing in your hotel in the middle of the day before a game? Getting well, do you hammered? know? But I'm sure the Four Seasons got bottomless mimosas. Oh, they got, they got right, something. Right, no, no, anyway, no, no, so no, we got to move on. I'm not joking with that situation. Yeah. I'm not going to make no because we don't situation. know. We don't know what happened. Well, so, it sounds yeah. shady as shit. No, and there's does, a reason it why does he's sound not around. Yeah, there's a reason why he got snuck to fucking SeaTac Airport and flown out of the state before anyone knew. 
was going on. Uh-huh. And I hope that woman is all right. Yeah, so, me too. Um, all right. Anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> Panthers, we've got the Leafs who mm-hmm. celebrated like they won the Stanley Cup. Everybody, they partied. Yes. They got out of the first round for the first time. In it was good to years. see because I could see their hearts swell. And I'm like, oh, you're going you're gonna to get crushed get so fucking hard. And, the, and that's what's, so the Kachuk brothers yes. are a problem. I love them. You know, Matthews on the Panthers, and he just, he, they're a problem. He's a, they're American. Yeah. And I just love the storyline of American team, Florida. Nobody respects Florida. Yeah. Playing against the Leafs. Yeah. I think this is where the Leafs choke. I think this is where they lose, too. I'm taking, I'm taking Florida in this series. By the way, probably a little bit of a hot take. Maybe, maybe it's not people that listen to our podcast, but I think Seattle beating Colorado should be talked about on the same page as Florida beating Boston in round one. Just throwing that out there. I'm, yeah. I'm dead serious. I'm, I agree. I could not be more serious in terms of like underdog David versus Goliath storyline. It's like, okay, you know, best regular season team in NHL history. Florida takes care of them. Florida, damn good team. And then you have second year expansion team beats defending national, you know, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions on the road in game seven without two of our best players, like, I'm sorry, to me, those victories should be talked about on the same page. Pan- Panthers come back from being down 3-1. Yeah, that's massive, by the way. Boston was on cruise control in that series. Like, I felt so confident about my pick. I was like, oh, Boston is, yeah, they're just ready to win game four and go home. Nope, they started, you know, now the counting only, their chickens. The only scary thing is the thing that we went through, I went through as a Red Wings fan, because this is a Detroit Red Wings podcast, Yes. Is the I forgot to mention that it's been the so long. regular season record that the Bruins beat was the Detroit Red Wings team oh. in like 2001. Yeah, the next year they came back, and I'm pretty sure it was next year or the uh, two years later, and they won the cup. Okay, so I kind of feel like this is you know Boston gets destroyed. They've got the storyline here. That's why I, now that you tell me this, no wonder why you're rooting against them. You were just mad they took like the they took that valor no, I, from the Red Wings. No, honestly, I re, for real, thousand percent is I thought about that, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't like that season because that season they were so good. There was so much pressure on them, and that's exactly that's exactly why I knew they were going to lose. Okay, right? So yeah. So okay. They, I knew that. I knew the Bruins were going to lose because they they put it all out in the in the regular season and they just crushed it and there was pressure on them. And do all this sort of shit and they lost and I knew it was going to happen because the Red Wings went through the same thing but no I get it it's like every year right when you have like a team that's like by week six or seven in the NFL everyone starts going oh are they are they going to beat the Miami Dolphins and and then they like lose the next week so yeah exactly so all right. so I I think I think Florida wins in seven another seven games Uh, yeah I'm taking Florida I'll take you know I'll take Florida in give me six that's the only that's the only series that I'm not confident in. I, I'm confident that Kraken win. I'm confident the Knights win. I'm confident that the Kings win. Yes. I don't know what kind of Toronto team I'm going to get. I Dude, I totally get it because the, the vibes and the energy for both teams are definitely on the same page. Obviously, we just talked about Florida, like beating that Boston team, being down 3-1, coming back, advancing past the series, and like they have to be feeling it on such another level right now. And then on the on the opposite side, you have Toronto. You know, it's been how many decades since they've even won a playoff series, which, by the way, didn't take Seattle that long. Just mm-hmm. that. But it's been a handful of decades since they've, they've won a playoff series. But then on top of that, like the games that they won, for the most part, they were down and they were down late and they kept battling mm-hmm. back and winning. And they were doing a lot of that on the road. So it's like 
they have like, you know, like the monkey, like that's off, like that's off their back. They're, they're feeling loose. They're feeling confident. Like they, they took care of, uh, of Tampa Bay. And I'm like, you know what? Like both these teams are really feeling themselves right now. Unlike Dallas, who's just kind of been chilling at home and here come the Kraken riding off a game seven victory over Colorado. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more nervous about this series than I was about the Avs series, uh, but I still think they pull it off. So yeah, I'm a little bit more nervous about it too. Hey, look, so there's a lot going on right now uh, across the board in sports. There's, I mean, obviously we are so entrenched in everything, the NHL, and I have not put any bets on the Kraken. I'll tell you that. Yeah, we, we can't. It's the playoffs, man. Don't I don't the like team. the vibes. I'm not doing that. DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, awesome app. Uh, the NBA playoffs. This has been. There's some pretty exciting stuff going on in the NBA playoffs. Actually, I talked to a buddy yesterday. He's like, oh, "Man, I've been watching these games and basketball." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been watching some of the playoff games." He's like, "Yeah, but I'm really into the hockey and watching that." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget that the yeah. NHL is on at the same time. The playoffs are on the same time as the NBA." Is. Like, it's like yeah. funny because I'm the opposite. I forget the NBA is on really quick. Yes. By the way, last night the Sixers without Joel Embiid beat Boston. That was a massive, massive win for them. Um, I know that you don't watch basketball too often, but the second round matchups in the NBA are huge. Like the Lakers versus uh, Golden State Warriors. Right. LeBron versus Steph. Come on, man. No, it's I, I love the NBA. I really yeah, do. No, I actually, but, but the second round matchups are like legitimately awesome across the board. Like, like Nuggets and Suns. Like, let, let's go. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, get in on the excitement of every game. Touch of a button. New customers may Make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everybody can score a no-sweat same-game parlay uh, every eight days during the NBA playoffs. So there's all these cool promotions on the on the app. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a, a bet back up to $10. Download the app now, sign up with code THPN. The Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers can make $5 pregame money line bets, score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook uh, with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, all right? And also, to see our show notes for all the details. There's tons of details in there, too. Um, but make sure you do that. So thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook. And then also, to uh, Raycon. Raycon, Raycon's Raycon. back. Raycon is back, baby. They are back. And here's the deal on Raycon. What I'm talking about, premium audio at the perfect price point. So maybe like earbuds, right? Your earbuds. You got those really super expensive earbuds, which I don't know how they continually make earbuds more expensive. Like really, what you what do you want them to do? Like you want them to, you know, uh, uh, listen to music, take a call, that sort of stuff. What else? Like shoot lasers between your brain? I don't know. Here's what's cool. Here's what's cool about Raycon though, is they, it's Awesome, amazing audio, but like at a fraction of the price, right? Their mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and all the cool tech and all the listening, that sort of stuff. You can, for what you're going to spend on those other big names, you can get a pair and a spare. And then there's all these other ways that you can uh, uh, get hooked up, right? So like they've got buy now, pay later options. There's uh, two years of product protection insurance for just a few dollars, free domestic shipping, and then uh, flat fee international shipping. They've got so many amazing reviews. So Raycon, think about this. Raycon, that's not only for earbuds, that's for speakers, something for like being out at the pool. It's almost summertime, that sort of stuff. Think about that sort of stuff. So audio sound, think Raycon, because it is really high quality audio, really high quality tech at like a fraction of the price from those 
big old brands, right? So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. So there you go. That reminds me, I got to get ready for some beat stuff too. So I need to go punch yeah. in that code. Yeah. You yeah. I get ready for it. Support the hockey podcast network and Raycon. Thank you for being an advertiser. So I appreciate that. <laughs> So, uh, been an awesome episode so far. We're totally jacked. I'm going to have to get a lot of coffee to stay up for this game tonight, man. I'll tell you what, but I'm pumped. Um, no dumb questions. We're getting some good ones during these playoff runs. Yeah. What is no dumb questions? This is where if you have a question, because we are a podcast that's for new hockey fans, um, those have been around a long time watching hockey. If you got a question that you just don't know the answer to and you're embarrassed to ask another podcast because they'll make fun of you, which we, we found out they will. They mm-hmm. will make fun yeah. of you for we, not knowing We've everything. listened. We've done our research. They, they yeah. definitely make fun of you. Oh, you don't know everything about hockey? Don't listen to our podcast. Yeah. You're blocked. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. Did you know that you can be blocked by a podcast? Yeah. Which is not true. Unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, ask us this question. Ask us your no dumb question question, and we will gladly look it up, find the answer, and we will not shame you for that. So for this week, Joey, what is our our no dumb question question? Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. This week's no dumb question comes from a member of the Kraken Pod fam, Benjamin Welpley via Facebook. And by the way, check us out across every platform. It's just at Kraken Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole deal, TikTok, all that shit. Uh, His question is, what is the long change? And this is a great question because you hear it often um, in games. I have a general idea of what it meant. But looking it up, I I end up learning a lot. So this is why this segment is great. So the long change in hockey refers to the time during a game when the players that are sitting on the bench are furthest away from the goalie, which is either the second period, well, which is always the second period, or overtime is necessary. And this is because, so every barn, every arena has a designated bench for the home and away team. And those benches do not change. However, the teams and, and the goalie as well has to switch ends Every period. So the beginning of the second period, beginning of the third period. So during the first and the third period, the team, the team's bench will extend into their own defensive zone. But in the second period, and again, over time, if needed, the closest player on the bench to their own goalie is past the red line and not even in the half of the ice that their goalie is on. So if a team is under pressure at that point, it's really hard to switch them out because they have to skate a long way. So subbing out can be really difficult. Um, The players also will switch sides of the bench that they sit on for their period. And what I mean by that is that the defenseman will always sit on the side closest to their goaltender. So that is what the long change is. Um, I just thought that was really interesting because I knew a little bit about it, but not too much. It does. It makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, because like it just takes you longer to get to the bench and that can be confusing. And that's where like some of that, uh, you know, having the uh, uh, too many men on the ice and sort of Mm -hmm. stuff come into play. So it's something that's your little little things about hockey that don't get a lot of love that can affect a game. So that's awesome. Great yep. question, uh, yep. Benjamin. Benjamin, thank you so much. Thanks, uh, Benjamin. If you have a no dumb question, question, hit us up. Like Joey just mentioned, he's like, we're on all the different channels. We got all the social media. It's mostly the Kraken Pod or Kraken Pod everywhere. You know, have you checked the TikTok DMs in a while? I have not. I got to look into that. We huh? to, yeah, we should probably should. Okay. I don't know what's going on over there. Look into uh, TikTok DM, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, <laughs> you got Instagram. We're all over the place. So nice. Three stars of the week. This is where Joey and I talk about our, our personal lives a little bit, and uh, we rank them, much like, uh, you know, in Game 7, Oliver Bjorkstrand was uh, one of those big-time stars, along with Gru, right? Well, we rank the stuff in our personal live, lives in three stars of the week. So I am I know for a fact, I finally yeah. remember, last year, I last season, uh, last season, last year, last season, last episode... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's playoff, maybe. Got this playoff like run. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, putting on all the effort. I, like I went first. You did? I did go first. Are you for sure about that? A thousand percent. Okay. I just want to see if you could second guess yourself. Now I am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went. So I just took the I took the bull by the horns and did it. I know. So what's your third star, Joey? My third star this week is gay bars. Hell yeah. Um so in Nashville for the weekend and then did the really smart thing where for some reason on Friday night, I was like, Oh, let's take it easy. Like just have, well, Friday night was, it was also the day that I flew out. So I'm not a good flyer. So I got drunk before the flight. Were you in New I saw the tweet. You were in New Orleans having a bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Good man. Multiple, I would do the same thing. I, I had a couple and I had to drink them really fast. I had like the most ridiculous experience where like, I thought I had more time because my flight got delayed. And so I'm ordering bloodies at the bar. Then all of a sudden it was like, actually we're not delayed and we're going to push this out ASAP so we can get you there on time. So next thing you know, I'm like chugging Bloody Marys. Did I'm you like, at least hear an announcement or something? Yeah, I heard an announcement, but I'm like, this never happens. Like in what world does like, they're like, actually, you know what? We're going to push out of here on time. So we're just going to go ahead and start boarding now. So the hurry no up. rules world yeah. of air, airline like, travel. Son of a fuck. So anyway, started <laughs> chugging. So I got drunk. Um, got there, did a bunch of stuff, took a nap, you know, woke up and started drinking again. Did not get drunk again. Like I only had a couple drinks. I really wasn't feeling it. And then Saturday night ended up long story short, kind of bar hopping, but ended up at this gay bar slash club slash. I feel like I was like, like a freaking tent in Coachella called play, just like surrounded by shirtless dudes and everyone's pounding nooners having the best time. The music they play at gay bars are, is always the best music, man. I'm like, who is your guys? It's freaking DJ. It's energy, man. It's energy. I was there until like four in the morning. Um, ended Jesus. up like one of the one of the playoff uh, run. Talk oh, about Joey. On dude, it, it was late. Wow. And then one of the one of the guys like ordered a bunch of pizza. So then we go back to uh, the apartment, and there's like this like common area room. So we're all hanging out and eating pizza. And uh, long story short, I think I finally hit bed at like five five thirty, and then I woke up and it was ten, and then had to drive nine hours back to New Orleans. So that was this is Sunday morning. Uh huh. Yeah, smokes. and then I had to also like rush back because the game was on. So I got back like right when the first intermission was ending. So dude, it was it was brutal, but I managed to pull it off. But yeah, man, it was uh, it was a thing. Holy Moses! Yeah. Jesus, I, I was partying. I had to make I had to make myself get sick just so I could rally. What at the end of the gay bar oh, night? Because I was I was fucked up to rally to yeah, keep going to eat pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I got back from the gay bar and I was like, I'm gonna be sick because I start get once I start getting the spins, I yeah. just make myself get sick because I would rather just get it out versus like laying down and then I feel bad. Yeah, and the, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm just gonna finger down the throat. Like let's just get this over with. You know, but I got to go back a long time for that moment. <laughs> I don't, but I do. I do get that. I do get that vibe of like, oh man, here it comes. Let's yeah. just do it, and yeah. then you're like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah, and you make another bad choice. And well, and then I going. well then I went downstairs and I crushed a bunch of pizza, lactose intolerance, and then I'm you know I'm driving driving back, and uh, it was brutal, but I made it, so it's all good. Yeah, take care of yourself, my man. <sighs> I do. I mean, <laughs> But once in a while, I like to have a good time. <laughs> All right, good, good, good. He's like sweating, hungover, uh, trying not to poop yourself. Yeah, driving for nine. Uh, uh, <laughs> rumble strip. Ah! Yeah. Ah! Uh, okay. Got to so change lanes. I had, uh, I had a very similar weekend. I was at my nephew's basketball tournament. Oh, yeah, weekend. of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so my, uh, my, my nephew is like 13 and, uh, they, they live, they live in new Iberia. So they live like kind of out, out there, uh, outside of new Orleans, two hours away. And he's a good basketball player and he's on a really good basketball team. So they had a tournament and they told us the week before, I was like, Hey, it's actually in your town in Mandeville. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, cool, come stay with us. So like we had the kids, which was fantastic, which is cool. We went and watched him play basketball and, um, man, my wife and I were really getting into this cause it was like, it was intense shit. Yeah. So like on his team is one of is, in his age range is like the top ranked player in the state. Oh shit. No, like but, this is like jit. Like oh, this is a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they're you know like they're 7th graders, right? Yeah. Uh 7th 8th graders, but uh he's so Could you see on the court by the way like that really good player like when he's out there you're like holy crap. Yeah. Oh really? He's he he like he he could score at will. But what? The, the team was so good that like that young? he still yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's where these all-stars come from. That's where these guys come from. Like he could, he was so amazing. I was thinking of myself trying to play basketball at that age. And then watching him, like he just looked like a pro. Like he, he could, they, first of all, they, this team was so good because they destroyed every team that they played. Yeah. They destroyed them and they won the championship. Uh But watching this team play was so cool because they are well coached, good team, all good, like demeanor for these kids. Yeah. Like they just like, they get it. They're, they're pros. Like they controlled their own. I th- they did their own. They had the coach didn't touch their warm up drills. They did the same 10 things before each game. Mm-hmm. They got together. They had a little team chant before it happened and they went and played. They moved that ball around the perimeter like you're watching a college team do it. Oh, like my God. Just chest pass to chest pass and just moving it to find the open space to yeah. get down low. Yeah. But this dude, this dude uh, was so good that he could he could get the he could get the ball like at the top of the three point line. Uh huh. He could make a move, do a little spin, cut around the foul line at the top of the key. Okay. He could he could jump. And he would float like Michael Jordan. What? He would just, he would, he would jump up and on his way down, just do that nice little. Whoosh, yeah. Little, nice little, little jumper. Look at a look at a wrist. And it was just whoosh, whoosh, every time. Yeah. It was amazing. But the last game that we watched, we watched four games and we had like our kids with us and they were so bored. Um, four games is a lot of games, man. We watched two on Saturday, two on Sunday. The last game, uh, this dude uh, on our team went up against another kid who was one of the highest ranked kids in the state mm-hmm. and they were like two they were it was like jordan and bird going up against each other it was like magic and bird it was like it was they were like they getting texts on each other because they were like talking wow. trash it yeah. was intense so this stuff got intense it was nuts and i loved every second of it so that's what we did we we watched basketball very similar we hung events. out at the house yes yeah. yes i was asleep by 10 o'clock <laughs> uh I, but i did i was pre-gaming <laughs> i was awake at four in the morning four morning four in the morning is about my time where i wake up and have that uh anxious um those anxious thoughts for half an hour oh that's, that's i wake up and go like oh. and then you wake up in the morning that's and, when i'm making myself get sick so i can go downstairs yeah. and eat pizza because i was at the gay bar partying too hard <laughs> maybe i need to start drinking at four in the morning because i'd rather do that than just wake up and all these irrational thoughts of like this is gonna fail in your life that's gonna fail in your Jesus. life well this is you know we need to get you some anxiety medication bro. i already got that and then uh, yeah. <laughs> but when i wake up in the morning at like six or whatever with the kids i'm like yeah. why was i thinking that last night totally everything's great yeah. life's good but it's just irrational yeah. bullshit and then you so. like your wife sleeping kids are sleeping you're like oh it's just me being a crazy person yeah, awesome absolutely. cool cool yeah. cool cool cool, cool. Yep. anyway all right what's your number two my number two star and i alluded to this uh for a second here was just perseverance and road trips man like i knew the kraken had a freaking game seven i could not miss it after like four and a half hours of sleep 
when I woke up, I was legitimately still hammered. I had to like sober up for two hours, like get the rest of the car packed up and then drove like a 2013 Nissan Rogue with way too many miles on it. It's not in the best condition, like loaded to the gills all the way from Nashville uh, to New Orleans and an eight hour drive and change. It was brutal, man. It was real tough. Like, cause the car was so packed up that like I had to scoop my seat forward and I'm a tall dude. So I'm like, you know, knees to the chest, just trying to make it, uh, just trying to make Jesus. it happen the whole way. Like wasn't feeling good. Uh, I had to stop in like a couple different, uh, rest stops and like do my thing. Cause I was, uh, I was on the struggle bus, but you know what fucking powered through came all the way back, like managed to unload the car, get home, turn on the game right after first submission. As soon as I do, I get to see Bjorki score his second goal. And the first thing I did when I got home, and this is like psychopath behavior, but I'm patting myself on the back for perseverance was I realized that when I got home, I was wearing um, like this uh, beer shirt that I got in Colorado, but it had like the state flag on it and all this shit. And I remember wearing that specific shirt during one of the games where the Kraken lost at home to the abs. So the second that I walked in the door, I changed that shirt into a shirt that was like a green blue. Hell yeah. So like more reflective of Kraken. I was like, dude, get this fucking Colorado shit off me. And then I put on the waggle golf, the blue hat. Um, and I put that on, I turn on the game. And as soon as I do, Bjorki score, uh, scores the second goal, the crack can go up to nothing. I'm like, all right, just got done through that drive. I'm tired as shit, been hung over the entire day, but now I'm home, change clothes. I'm ready to roll. Damn dude. Good for you. Look yeah. at that. You, the perseverance is big. Did you have a moment on the road where you're like listening to the doors going like sweating out the booze and going like, ah, oh, and like, just <laughs> like, uh, you're come to Jesus moment in life. Like you had that epiphany. No, I just had, I was just. Um, you know, after like a couple hours in my foot legitimately started to like go numb and hurt because my feet were at like such an awkward angle because I couldn't really fit in the car. And so I put it on cruise control and just had to like, just ride it out. Like, and I just, I literally just sat there, like just literally in silence, like listening to a podcast, just being like, I just, I need to fucking get home. And I put it on like, it was like an unreasonable speed. I think I hit like, as soon as I hit like 82, I was like, 82 is a good speed. Speed limit 70. Everyone else is doing like 85 to 90, but I can cruise an 82 in this Nissan Rogue and right. I can make it down to New Orleans. So yeah, I just 82 the whole way down. And I just literally just sat there just in, in my, in the car, just being like, I, I just want to fucking get back. Just chilling. Yeah. Just want to fucking teleport. I'm so tired. See, don't I'm ever so tired. Play off hockey, baby. By the way, I did my, I did the traditional move where I went to, cause I, every time I see a Sonic, I have to go to one. Like yeah. that's my, that's my thing. I did get the route 44 cherry limeade. I did because that's the number one hangover thing that I have. Man, you drink one of those, you're gonna feel good. No, I got I always get mozzarella sticks, and then I got the uh, the coney, the chili cheese dog. Oh yeah, yeah, which that was not a good idea. <laughs> man, more cheese, stomach bomb, dude. <laughs> you just man. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I made it. Perseverance, baby. What's your second star? Uh, so, I got a Nashville story real quick. Is um, I bought these tickets m- months ago uh, to go see a bluegrass band in Nashville, and the concert was last week. Yeah. And um, we, my wife and I, decided like a month. I was like, you know what? We're just not going to go. The trip's going to be too much. It's going to, you know, there's so much going on with the kids and, and it's going to cost like, you know, all this money. Let's just not go. Yeah. I'll sell the tickets. So I tried selling tickets a month out. Didn't work. I was like, I'll sell them the week of. It'll be fine. So yeah, I put yeah, the yeah. tickets up on one of the, whatever the digital site was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, nobody's buying these things. And they were 250 bucks a piece because I bought really good tickets. It was at the Ryman, which is a historic theater mm-hmm. in um, in Nashville. And um, it's like 250 bucks a piece. I'm like, man, I got to make like 500 bucks back to even out here. Yeah. So like nothing happened. I called you, Joey. 
it because I know you yeah. know Nashville people, and you were like, I'll, I'll ask some people. I was like, shit, what's going on? So it was like the day of the concert. I was like, ah, I'll just drop these tickets down to 150 each, make some money on them. Okay. And then, then and I was like, oh no. So like 1:30 in the afternoon, I'm sweating. Like I'm trying to find people to give the tickets to. Like I want, I don't want, them, I want them to yeah. go. You at I this point, to, you're like, it's a loss. It's a loss, right? So. I put them up for one one fifty each, and somebody bought them at like one thirty, right? So they bought. It's like, all right, cool. I Someone's lost like jackpot, half off. Yeah, so I lost, you know, a couple hundred dollars. It's cool. At one, th- that was one thirty. At two o'clock, the band sends out an email saying, "Sorry, we, we uh, lead singer's sick. <sighs> We're canceling the show. If you'd want a full refund, you can get a full refund." I was like, "God <laughs> darn it!" Oh, I didn't even realize that because when you text me that my response was, well, whoever bought your tickets, that's up for them to figure out now. It sucks for them, but you dumped your tickets 30 minutes ago. I did not realize that they bought those tickets for like 260 bucks total and now they're getting a full refund and they have the receipt. So it's like, well, they get the 500. I right? don't know. So that's the thing is I don't know because there was rules. I looked, I was so mad, but also to like, it, it if already If you happened. transferred the tickets, man, they're gone. No, but I know. But like the thing is, is there was a little caveat in the refund that said uh-huh. secondhand purchases may not be eligible or something like that. But they, they canceled the show. They're rescheduling for September. So two things, I missed out on the refund uh-huh. and I also missed out on possibly being able to go in September, <laughs> which was a better date for us anyway. So I just thought that was really funny how that worked out. That is. The universe speaks to me in weird ways, uh, and I like moments like that. Did you wake up at four in the morning thinking about those tickets? No. No, I thought about getting a sponsorship for this podcast. There you go. I like that. We're working on that. Yeah, there you go. All right. (laughs) My first star of the week, and uh, it's just a Seattle Kraken, man. Like, again, you and I predicted this, but they ended up doing it. They shocked the rest of the world. They beat the fucking Colorado Avalanche in seven games. You know, we're missing two of our best players. It didn't matter on the road. Didn't matter. No one believed in us, but our own fan base didn't matter. Like this team believed in themselves. They showed the hell out. We're on to round two against Dallas where Seattle's already being talked shit on again. Um, I think the, I think the athletic had the odds um, against Colorado, like 20% to 80% in favor, in favor of the abs. And in this series, it's 23% to 77% in favor of the stars. I'm like, you know what? We'll take those odds all fucking day. We were, I was talking to the boys at Starcastic remarks. Um, I forget which one, Chris or Ryan, but one of I said, uh, stars in five other, other dude was like stars in six. I'm like, you guys are being disrespectful as shit. We just knocked off the defending Stanley cup champions. Doesn't matter. We believe in this team. I love this team. And also, um, I have to honorable mention the Seahawks because the NFL draft was last week. I did watch the first full night of the draft. I crushed it. Unfucking believable draft. Like Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois is an absolute monster. This dude lights people up. I really do think that Pete Carroll is trying to build like a Legion of Boom 2.0, which I'm really excited for. Like him on the opposite end of the field from Tariq Woolen is going to be a monster move. And then JSN, uh, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jimba. I don't remember how to pronounce his name, but whatever. Wide receiver, Ohio State monster like the three-headed attack that Seattle's going to have at receiver and then of course everyone's freaking out like we need O-line help we need D-line help well guess what they go out there they get a center uh, they get a guard they get a defensive tackle so it's like Seattle uh, the Seahawks for people that are Hawks fans know that like they uh, 
they've typically loved taking like risky guys like, oh, I have a checkered background or I had some injuries, but like their potential is really high, but like, you know, their, their, their floor is a little low, but this year they are like, screw that. We're going for pure talent. Let's plug in the gaps and get what we need to get. And I'm fucking pumped for football season. But until then we have hockey season, but yeah, uh, honorable mention Seahawks. Uh, the, the, the draft is, is fun to watch. I'll tell it's you that. So much fun. It is fun. And uh, the Seahawks, NFL.com, get the Seahawks an A minus. So pretty awesome. Not too bad. Nice. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm with you, Joey. My number one is the same thing. Nice. Here's my deal is enjoy these vibes, but I am not going to be the person, the Kraken fan that says, oh, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> no, I want this either. thing. And I, I don't want us to be like, well, you know, if we lose, we cannot have the attitude of like, well, we, we beat the champs. We've got a huge win in season two. Mm-hmm. We can't think that way. We have to go back to taking it a game at a time. I'm ready for that first period tonight. I can't wait to see how the Kraken do. Yeah. But I'm pumped. I'm excited to beat the Avs, but that's old news. And now we got to beat the Stars. Yeah. And I, I, I know the Kraken are feeling that way. And you as a Kraken fan, I hope you're feeling the same way too. We cannot just be happy with a series or, you know, like the first yeah. round win. Yeah. So no, no, no. That's at my all. deal. But I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving the vibes. This is a team. This is our team. They've got something going on that's fantastic. And uh, I just wanted to keep going. So. That's it. I love it. All right. Well, I love let's, it. Let's get to it. I uh, can't wait to talk about this uh, team again here shortly. I, I know we'll be talking about some uh, really awesome games. And uh, again, I said the Kraken in six. Joey says Kraken in seven. Let's go. All right. So we'll leave you with our chirp of the week. Uh, y'all have a great week. Let's go Seattle Kraken. Thank you for listening to this thing. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you for asking for more merch on our on our social media where, where we will have more eventually. Again, sponsorship. We need money. Um, so we'll work on that. Uh, but you guys are all awesome five star reviews by the way five star reviews on spotify i think we're one away from 100 then also apple podcast please hit us with the five star reviews it takes two seconds and it means a lot yeah thank you so much uh, for listening to this our chirp of the week chirp of the week that is where hockey players talk trash on the ice and here at the kraken pod we always leave you with the chirp of the week so here's your kraken pod chirp of the week let's go kraken Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go slightly Jeff Lasso here. Give me Kraken and seven. I want this to be like, like you said, the longer this series plays out, I think it favors Seattle. Um, I think game one is obviously pivotal. The more we can stop you motherfuckers from playing blink 182 in Denver, I think the better off we will be like, we gotta, we gotta stop that. Cause the crowd gets way into it is too much of an advantage. 